Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Good afternoon or good evening, ladies and gents. What's going on? Welcome to a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. The VGK are in the house tonight down at Canada Life Center. Winnipeg Jets, Vegas Golden Knights, a massive game for both teams. Uh, Winnipeg still has uh, some teams to jump and points to gain. Uh, Must-win situation pretty much going forward, especially considering uh, so few opportunities to play head-to-head against teams that they're chasing. Well, tonight and next Tuesday here in Winnipeg, the Jets will take on the Vegas Golden Knights, who have been in a bit of a slump lately. Four straight losses on this road trip. The Jets will look to make it five, and Vegas will look to salvage something out of it and um, solidify their spot in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference playoffs. Going to be a great show. We'll get the latest on the Golden Knights and talk NHL overall with our man Gary Lawless. You've got to have a little H&L when Vegas is in town. Gary's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. And then Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press with the latest on the Jets. Mike had a great piece yesterday in the Winnipeg Free Press on a topic that we kicked around quite a bit on WST the emergence of Nikolai Ehlers with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. And, you know, despite the plight of the team right now, the excitement looking into the future of what that line could turn into, considering how effective and at times dominant all three of those players have been. So lots to get to as far as tonight's game and the Winnipeg Jets. We'll also a little later on kick around the uh, big news that continues to break in the National Football League, in Major League Baseball. And um, some massive curling news as well, which we'll get to on our princess. Yeah, your your mic fell. Did I there. just mute myself Did accidentally? You mute, yeah, you muted yourself. That was not enough. Remus. That was a self mute, everybody. Uh, but uh, yes, I mentioned the Princess Auto Curling Report a little later on with some huge news on uh, the end of the road for one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport, led by Jennifer Jones. We'll get to that later on. Let's get Remus in here. I'll make sure that I'm not muted. He will not mute himself, and we'll get going on at WST as we welcome everyone with us live on the chat. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day. And to you podcast listeners, thanks for taking your ride home with us on WST. Anytime you have the opportunity to uh, get onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the pod, give us a five-star rating and a little review. Certainly helps us spread the word about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Remo, what's going on? Uh, so I'm just, uh, I don't know, dealing with uh, corporate stuff, uh, cell phones and what else. everyone loves dealing when you get a new cell phone plan. Every, that's everyone's favorite thing, calling them up and trying to negotiate a new plan. And I'm dealing with a travel credit from two years ago that uh, is expiring. So uh, I'm dealing with all that. But aside from that, I don't need to get into my personal business. I could rant about this for a long time. People will be entertained if you want to just, uh, you know, no. let her rip on uh, any particular company that you're dealing with right now that is screwing mm. you around for your phone service. No, no, I don't need to get into get into that, into that. But I will get into me being very excited. What's going on with these? This chat here. What are you doing, Michael Capti? Do I need to time you out? Um, <laughs> sorry. We need to get. What's the I earliest ha- you've ever thrown somebody over the top rope in a show? I mean, have we ever yeah. done it in the open? No, I don't. He's just mashing the keyboard here. I don't take kindly to uh, spam <laughs> spamming the chat room. I'm trying to keep a clean chat room. But I am excited for tonight's game. I'll be in attendance. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the the lines tonight. Uh, Stasny, Shafley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Ehlers. 
Harkins, Lowry, Svechnikov, Brooks, Tony Nato, Veselainen. Um, you know, this Connor Dubois Ehlers, I mean, they're listed as the second line, but I think we can all agree that, I mean, this is the top line. I think we've been seeing a changing, I think all the fans, all people watching the Jets were witnessing a changing of the guard, but the team is reluctant to make that change. And I think that this, the, you know, the second line, Connor Dubois Ehlers will probably be more productive than what's listed as the top line. So we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to seeing what the power play looks like. I don't expect any changes, but we do have Hellebuck and Nett versus his former backup, Lauren Brossois. And I think we should see some kind of like acknowledgement. I don't know if there's going to be a full on tribute video, but I think an acknowledgement would be fair. 100%. 100%. I mean, Lauren Brossois was a big part of this team over the last few years. And, uh, I mean, I think they've done that for a number of other players that mm. maybe had a lesser role with the Winnipeg Jets. So um, I would be stunned if there wasn't some sort of uh, acknowledgement. And, you know, maybe it's just at the, uh, it, they'll certainly do the focus on him, you know, at the start of the anthems. Like, you know, when the Kraken were here, they had the camera right in Mason Appleton's face as he was going in there. The camera will be around LB. And, um, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what he's got because uh, as we'll talk to Gary in a few minutes. Um, you know, Robin Lehner's injury um, has put a lot on the shoulders of Loren Brassouad, as I kind of laid out. I mean, they haven't been winning enough hockey games lately, and that's why all of a sudden Vegas is in somewhat of a precarious position, not quite a Jets precarious position, but they got to win some games right now, or they'll find themselves on the wrong end of the playoff line um, in a real urgent situation going down the final stretch of this regular season. Yeah, Lauren Brossois, I mean, he was great last year for the Jets. He played 14 games. He had a 918 save percentage, 242 goals against. And I was really impressed with him. You know, we thought we lost a, you know, lost a great, a capable backup. This year with Vegas, it's not going as well. 278 goals against, 899 save percentage. Meanwhile, Eric Comrie kind of has the Brossois numbers from last year. So the Jets really didn't lose anything in terms of going from Brossois to. to to, uh, sorry, Comrie. So, uh, and then the Vegas also has Riley Smith on IR, and they have Stone, who's been injured. So they're going with the top line, Carlson, Eichel, Marcheseau. And they haven't really done that. And I don't see Pacioretty listed in here either. So um, maybe Gary, I know I was trying to see the, all the Vegas Twitter action, but I couldn't really see. So I think Vegas, I mean, Gary will have a better update on that. But, I mean, they've had injuries all year. And, I mean, that's the top line right there. Stone. Pacioretty and uh, Riley Smith. I mean, there's no center there, but you know what I'm saying. You're missing three pretty good forwards. So their second line, as per daily faceoff, uh, Will Carrier, Chandler Stevenson, Nicholas Waugh. So, uh, you know, Nolan Patrick, Keegan Colesar, a couple of Manitobans in there, Zach Whitecloud. I mean, you have those guys, but they're missing a lot of the star power that they've had um, the last couple of years. Well, and, and you know, and, and Peter DeBoer, and we'll, we'll get to this with Gary as well, I know said that, you know, he didn't feel, doesn't feel like his team has been playing terribly. He thinks that he, you know, was been in and could have won all four of these games on their recent four-game losing streak. Um, but that's all fine. Um, you still need results. And, I mean, if you look right now at the Pacific Division and the, and the Western Conference, Vegas is holding down the eighth spot right now. They're fourth in the Pacific, and that is key. Um, because I think most people, you know, believe that five teams from the central are going to be getting into the, in, into the playoffs. Now that'll just mean Dallas needs to make up a, make up a game, but Dallas has four games in hand on the Vegas golden Knights right now and three games in hand on Winnipeg. And, and that's why when you look at the standings, you can't really focus on the Pacific teams, at least from a jets perspective, 
because the Jets have to pass the Dallas Stars to get into the postseason. And Jet fans, I know the people in the chat love to crap all over the Leafs, and most of you are Leaf haters. And I would say I'm in that category a good percentage of the time. Not tonight. Uh, Remo, the Jets nation needs the Leafs to rise up without their 45-goal scorer, Austin Matthews, and get the job done tonight because Matthews is suspended and they are hosting the Dallas Stars coming off that disappointing performance in the Heritage Classic with that loss to Buffalo. And um, more than any team outside of the Winnipeg Jets, the game, uh, the games I'm paying mo most close attention to right now is Dallas because if Dallas continues to play the way they have as of late, putting up wins, although I guess they have lost two games coming into this game, um, although they do a good job of getting overtime, um, it, we're not going to have much to talk about if Dallas makes the most of those games in hand. So uh, a huge night on the out-of-town scoreboard in the center of the universe, I would suggest, for Jets players and their fans. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. The Leafs are starting someone named Eric Colgren in goal. I think a lot of people in Toronto frustrated Ooh. with the play of Peter Mrazek. Lately, and Eric Colgren, not too familiar. I mean, I'm on daily face-off. They don't even have a picture of him, so you know you're... Hey, they didn't have a picture of Carl Vimelka either. Yeah. <laughs> they had, Let's they not forget about that. They do now. They do now. I'm looking <laughs> at it. Looking at it now. And one other thing I didn't mention, uh, we were all curious about the status of Andrew Kopp coming into tonight. Dave Lowry saying he's a game-time decision. He's being reevaluated. But, I mean, they had Adam Brooks out there doing media and i don't think they would be doing that if he wasn't going to be in or though although cop was a game time decision and he did play i mean do they just take out pull the plug on christian Veselainen and and take him out of the lineup and i know ken was asking about uh the benching of Veselainen last game is all lowry kind of brushing it off and saying you know it wasn't just that one play we just were short guys and we had three guys lines going we did and I, and i said look i don't think that giveaway was the worst i did think you know he had split second and he you know decided to keep the puck but i mean three points in 51 games that's not going to get it done and you know i like the top the look of the top jets top six but without andrew cop the bottom six um really really struggling to produce points there except although adam lowry uh, has come on and you know svechnikov has had some spurts as well well i mean <clears throat> listen i'll take Andrew Kopp being a quote-unquote game-time decision, even if he doesn't play. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, and we'll hear from Dave Lowry later on, um, the fact that Kopp is still being evaluated, I think it can only be a positive, because if it was quite obvious that he had a concussion, this of course happened a couple days ago, I think there's a good chance we would know by now, so maybe that's not it. Maybe it's something else. And, you know, as a game-time decision, maybe... Andrew Kopp comes out of the dressing room and plays tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. It would be a huge, huge boost to the club if they can, uh, if he was in there. Um, but Lowry, along with Jansen Harkins, this is a big chance for Harkins to make something happen. And I would say that Evgeny Svechnikov has a lot to prove right now. Not that he hasn't been productive and had a pretty good season so far. It's the fact that, you know, all of his success for the most part has come playing with Dubois and with Kyle Connor. And I think what we saw, and we'll talk about this with Mike a little later on, from his column in the Winnipeg Free Press, um, you know, they showed so much in that game against the St. Louis Blues that I think we're going to see a lot of that going forward. And hopefully things go well, because that's a line that I think the Winnipeg, that can be an anchor for the Jets going soon. So if that's the case, and there's not that spot for Spechnikov, 
Um, I think he's going to have to make sure that he does what he can do to stay at least in the top nine and, you know, hopefully help out that line, you know, without Andrew Kopp and without Nikolai Ehlers that have been playing there lately. So, um, you know, Veselainen, for his part, is certainly going to want to try to regain some of the trust of the coach. I'm not sure how much that fourth line plays with Adam Brooks and Veselainen on it. Although we've seen Vegas, as, you know, you mentioned, Reem, I mean, playing with a, a ton of players that wouldn't normally be in the lineup. So it's all hands on deck tonight. And one other thing I'll, I'll say to you, because, I mean, we're all gaga over the Dubois-Ehlers-Connor line. Wouldn't it be nice if the Shifley line took this as a real challenge and stepped up and had a monster game tonight? Um, I can't think of anything that could help the Jets' fortunes if, you know, it, the, that, that unit really felt like they were being challenged and went out and um, stepped up with one of their best games of the season tonight. I would hope so. I remember the All-Star break. We spent the whole time talking about how Mark Shifley, you know, he wasn't scoring points. He's having a down year. He's actively questioning or saying the team doesn't have an identity. And I think for Mark Shifley, since that All-Star break, I mean, he's been awesome. Uh, has post-All-Star break, hmm. 22 points in 18 games. Um, but I think the issue with him is not that scoring goals. Um, it's defense. I mean, at even strength this year, he's given up uh, 10 more goals mm. than he scored. I mean, he's, what, he's team low, five on five, expected uh, goals against. You know, scoring isn't the issue for him. It's, it's the two-way game. And again, I think if you're having a guy who's a number one center, it's tough to ride a guy as your number one center when he's that poor defensively. Now, Kyle Connor can kind of get away with it. He's, you know, he's on the wing. He's also scoring. That's why he fits well with Dubois. He's also scoring a lot, and I think it's pretty clear that, you know, as far as two-way game, Dubois and Ehlers are much better. I don't think you can argue that they're better than um, than Wheeler and Shafley. So, I think you want to see those guys given the role as a number one line. But are they are they going to do it? And for those guys, you know, maybe it'll open up some stuff for uh, Shafley and Wheeler and Stasny. I mean, Stasny's points have been been awesome lately too. So you hope they can put a couple on the mm. board. Has <clears throat> this Vegas team has. Vegas has lost four in a row. I don't know if I sh if Jets fans are feeling good. Okay, we got Vegas right where they want them. Or you're like, oh, Vegas is going to come in here and snap their losing streak against against the Jets. So I do expect a pretty spirited uh, tilt tonight. But the Jets are, I'm looking at the cool bet odds, they are slight favorites, minus 125. And you go by Dom's projections. Um, he has the Jets at 59% ch chance to win this one. So... Advantage Jets, but I mean, we've seen so many games this year, Advantage Jets, and they come out and lay an egg. So, but I, I'm optimistic if they're going to rock that, uh, you know, play the Connor Dubois Eagles line together. Well, yeah, heritage jerseys in effect, too. Connor's got his, uh, his cool heritage mask on. So, um, you know, it should be a fun night tonight, and it really is a big game. Uh, if you're still holding out hope that the Jets can, you know, put some wins together, and I mean, three and one last week, um, you know, this is the, You'd like love to make it four, and I think that game in New York against the Islanders on the second night of back-to-backs was a disappointment. Uh, but the way they came back, got what they needed to do against St. Louis, has given some Jet fans some hope. And this is, as I mentioned, Remus, one of the few opportunities to play against teams ahead of them in the playoff race. Now, catching Vegas or the fourth team in the Pacific Division really doesn't matter, as I laid out, unless you can catch the Dallas Stars. So there will be some scoreboard watching for the next couple months. Uh, but it does start with this game tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. And 
uh, a great opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets. And they're going up against, as you mentioned, a goalie that they do know quite well and uh, probably shot on him for hours in total when uh, he was here in uh, in Winnipeg playing as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Just back to the Shifley-Wheeler-Stastny uh, line because they have been productive and they've had some big, big games. Um, it's been the consistency, I think, that, you know, that, that we've been impressed with Pierre-Luc Dubois in particular and Kyle Connor, the way that he has, well, he's scored in more games than anyone in the National Hockey League this year so far. Um, at times, there's been some big games from the Shifley line. At times, they've been sort of quiet. And, um, you know, I really thought that they lacked something against New York. Uh, I think that they came back and, you know, had a better game, but the game was all about that second line, second line, quote unquote, uh, with Ehlers, Dubois, and Kyle Connor. So how Dave Lowry, you know, manages those two tonight, I guess we'll see. Um, but as far as Shifley goes, I mean, much like, I mean, one of the reasons why I was so bullish on him having a monster season this year was the challenge of the Canadian Olympic team. And that didn't really happen. And then in the first half, you know, kind of being challenged for that number one center role on this team by Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, and that didn't really happen. But, hey, there's been some points. You absolutely can't win without scoring goals. They've been able to do that. I think Dave Lowry is going to be looking for maybe a little bit more engagement from that group, um, you know, in the full 200-foot game. And if they can do that, it puts them in a very, very good spot to win the game. But with the expected loss of Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry's line without Kopp this year, uh, and without Nikolai Ehlers, obviously he didn't play there for very long, has been a challenge. Um, you know, they look to hopefully keep their head above water in the bottom six, but make no mistake about it, this game is going to be on the shoulders of those top two lines to outscore the best players on the Vegas Golden Knights and get a valuable two points and keep them uh, in the fight, as Paul Maurice used to like to say. Yeah, sorry, I was on the phone with, with Gary. Yes, we'll have to call him um, in like six minutes. Yeah, so. yeah, sure. So, um, but yes, I I agree with everything you said about two way game and the other stuff. I, I was on the I was on the. Okay, yeah, you, man, it was just some incredible, incredible takes. You missed them all. You can go back and catch the replay later on. Um, you know, elsewhere in the National Hockey League tonight, um, we're now starting to get the uh, asset management decisions, Reem, because mm -hmm. uh, Ben Sherratt may have played his last game for the Montreal Canadiens. Marty St. Louis today confirmed the Sherratt will not play against the Arizona Coyotes due to a management decision as the trade deadline looms. And I guess we should mention, I mean, uh, Josh Manson, the first domino has fallen in the expected trade scenario sweepstakes in that um, he was dealt to the Colorado Avalanche for a prospect and a second round pick. Whether that means Montreal is still in line to get the first pick that they're first round pick that they're demanding for Ben Sherratt, I'm not sure. But it always seems just a little like a week out from the deadline. Certain general managers um, jump on it early and don't wait till the deadline. And um, Colorado first up with that. What did you think about the deal for uh, for a Manson? Colorado's set the market here, second rounder and a prospect for Josh Manson and. I mean, Colorado, they are, if there's any team that's all in, and aside from, I thought Vegas has kind of been going for it. Colorado, this is their year to win. They got Kemper, the goalie. They're, you know, forwards absolutely stacked. Kadri's a UFA after the season. He's having a career year. I mean, Josh Manson, what is he fitting in on? 
They list him on daily faceoff as the third pairing D with Jack Johnson right now. You know, they have Bowen Byram injured too. They're they're loaded. So, I mean, I like the move for Colorado. I like teams getting into it early. I mean, you don't just because there's a deadline doesn't mean you got to wait till the day of. So, teams like they they go out their guy, you know, a, a tough uh, defenseman. So, sure, I like the move for Colorado. As for Montreal, yeah, if you know you're going to trade Ben Sherratt, you don't need to play him. I mean, see a lot of people talking about Andrew Kopp in chat now. I mean, are the, is are they holding him out because, you know, he's actually injured? Or they're just like, you know what, you got dinged up. We don't want you to get Not dinged now. up even more. And um, they like, do you think this is going to affect teams trading for him? Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, if they think that he's got a concussion, they mm-hmm. will be. I mean, I think the best thing that could happen from Kevin Sheveldayoff's perspective as far as, uh, you know, potential trade return for Andrew Kopp is to get him back out in the lineup sometime before Monday and have him play very well and show general managers in the rest of the league that he's good to go. Because, I mean, like, I think there has to be an element of buyer beware, isn't there? I mean, when you've got a player that, you know, has had some concussions before that you were interested in that leaves the game in the fashion that he did. And, and, and listen, I'm not even sure that this really is a game time decision. I mean, I'm not sure whether this is somewhat posturing from the organization that they know he's out, but let's just sort of at least put it publicly that, ah, you know, it's very close. Um, Listen, this is just pure speculation. Bottom line is around this time, truth is not always first and foremost when it comes to what teams are releasing on players. Well, frankly, it's the National Hockey League. Truth is never first and foremost of what they're releasing on players until pretty much they have to. So for a situation like Andrew Copps, I mean, he is a guy that would have a real value to teams, but I'm not sure how eager teams would be to trade for him if the last time you saw him on the ice with the Winnipeg Jets before the deadline was getting absolutely railroaded by Oscar Sundquist and then you know, running to the, you know, going to the dressing room, throwing his helmet, clearly frustrated that something has happened. So, um, listen, first, I'm concerned about Andrew Kopp. I want him to be healthy. I want him to play. I know he wants to come out and try and help this team make a push to get back into a playoff position. Uh, but also from an organizational standpoint, there's no doubt about it that Andrew Kopp back in the lineup at some point this week I think would, you know, give some more confidence for rival general managers that cops the guy, if they had him on their list that they wanted to add, that they could have the confidence that he actually would arrive in his new home and be able to help the team in the postseason as opposed to be dealing with uh, an extended injury. Yeah, definitely is unfortunate for Andrew Cobb too. You know, he's looking forward to his being a UFA. What might he get on the open market? I think if I was a team... I think I still, if it was a low-risk move and you think that he could come back and help you, I think I would look for him. I think he'd be an effective player for a cup contender on, on the third or, you know, depending on the injury, you know, if you want to slot him in on, on the fourth line, I don't know who it would be, but um, I don't think I would I would shy away. And I hear, you know, oh, he's got concussion issues, blah, blah, blah. Look, I think every player in the league is, you know, while you're in chat, one hit away from injury. I think every player in the NHL, one, one hit away. From an injury it's gonna happen so i mean obviously uh it sucks that he that he's has an injury but i think i would still you know depending on how he is i mean i have i have no idea but if he's you know game time they're saying he's a game time decision seemingly he would be okay so you know well, i would that's still, I would still 
That's yeah. what you hope. But again, if he's a game time decision all week and doesn't return to the lineup at all, I mean, I don't know how much confidence yeah. that other teams would have well, that the Jets are, you know, shooting straight on the situation with Andrew Cobb. And hey, interesting comment from Ishaboy Bruce, who of course was with us. What up, Bruce? Um, mentioned that, you know, when Dennis Bernstein was on with us, he said Dennis Bernstein said a few days ago on WST, Matson wanted to stay in sunny California. Guess the prospect of winning a cup was too tempting. Didn't seem to matter to him when the Jets tried to acquire his services. Well, the thing was, when the Jets tried to acquire his services, he had term on the contract. So, I mean, it's one thing to go to a place where you think you might be able to win, i.e. like a Kevin Hayes, uh, when you know you're an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year and you're not tied to it for a following season. Um, and to be honest, if you're going to go anywhere and you're in the West, Colorado sounds like a pretty good place to go. So uh, the ability to win the Cup, I think, is enticing. And he will have the opportunity, I would imagine, to, um, you know, to sign wherever he wants when he's a free agent coming up. And, you know, that could very well be going back to um, going back to Anaheim. I mean, very similar for those of you that remember Atlanta Thrashers history. Um, the Thrashers traded all those picks to get Keith Kachuk, who came for their one dance in the playoffs. They were out quickly and he very quickly went back to St. Louis, signed as a free agent. and ended up being quite a coup for the Blues to get those picks from the Thrashers and still have Keith Kachuk in the mix. All right, we're going to get to Gary Lawless coming up in just a minute. You know, normally I leave the Princess Auto Curling Report to a little bit later on, but while Remus gets Gary lined up, before I do a couple other sponsored things, the Princess Auto Curling Report today is all about greatness and one of the greatest teams in the history of the game and the greatest, arguably the greatest player, Canadian player ever, Although Brad Gushu is certainly making a push for that right now. Uh, of course, Jennifer Jones. And it was announced yesterday that Jennifer Jones' team will be disbanding at the end of the season. The 2014 Olympic champions and 2022 Olympians have done it all. Um, and it was interesting to hear that Jen, and of course the Jennifer Jones team sponsored by Princess Auto very proudly. I mean, the Princess Auto, a huge part of the curling community supporting Jen throughout this run. Um, you know, Jen said, that, you know, I think considering her history, she would like to still play in Manitoba. It doesn't sound like she's retiring, uh, but with Don McEwen walking away and retiring from the game, uh, I think Caitlin Laws has some big decisions to make right now, as well as the rest of the members of the squad. But um, regardless of what happens in the future, no one has made this province and this country as proud in the game of curling as jennifer jones has so um kudos to them of course princess auto is the spot where you'll find the best selection and best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto and of course proud sponsors of team McEwen and team jones you can find them at two locations here in winnipeg or shop online 24 7 365 at princess auto.com um culligan water are the experts in all things water here in winnipeg and manitoba and have been doing it for over 65 years in business if you have water needs for your home or your company there's only one place to go and that's culligan featuring water softeners filters bottled water coolers drinking water systems citywide delivery services and of course commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well 1200 sergeant avenue 694 and you can see him online at drinkculligan.com. 
And Vita Health is also speaking of uh, taking care of yourself, being hydrated. If you're going to be eating healthy and you're going to be looking for the proper supplements and vitamins, One Stop has got you covered. That's Vita Health Fresh Market. Great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And delicious lunch options as well, like Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches, and more at their grab-and-go deli. And if you can't make it into the store, visit Vita Health's brand-new, fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. Now with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, I do believe... Our good friend, the one and only Gary Lawless, is ready to join us before a big tilt tonight at Canada Life Center. Lawman, can you hear me okay? I'm doing great. It's a, uh, what's the temperature here? It's, uh, oh, it's 68 and climbing. It I don't know feels, what that is in uh, in Canadian, it, but in, a, well, in, uh, in uh, Fahrenheit, it's quite nice. Well, it, uh, we just cracked the zero degrees barrier for the first time in what feels Whoa. like about two years um, this winter. I know you've missed a few winters. Dude, this winter uh, <laughs> has been absolutely the worst. There's still like seven feet of snow. Uh, but that being said, a big, big hockey game tonight between two teams that desperately need two points. Um so the 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 Knights, you know, if people haven't been watching the Knights, um, you know, I was focusing in on the goaltending, but then you look at, you know, Mark Stone and Pacioretty and Smith and the injuries that this team has had. I mean, put into perspective just how shorthanded this club has been recently and overall this entire season, which is maybe um, attributed to where they are right now in uh, more of a precarious position than we're used to seeing Vegas in at this point of the regular season. Well, just you just apply these injuries to any team in the league. Three of your top six forwards, two of your top four D, your number one goalie, plus four other regulars: third liners, fourth liners, bottom pair or middle bottom pairing D. Like nine guys, nine guys. But but among those nine, three top six forwards, two top four D. And your number one goaltender, almost forty million. I pulled into the lot yesterday. It's an off day. The team is on the road. The players' parking lot was full. <laughs> Everyone rehabbing. You got as many guys at home as you do on the road right now. Exactly. I would have. I would have coached the team that was at home yesterday. And I, I would have taken, filled them out with uh, some guys from our American League team. I would have taken that team and gone up against Pete DeBoer and the team he has in Winnipeg, and I would have beat them <laughs> if they were healthy. Um, you know, I, I, we'll get to goaltending. But first off, I think a lot of people are interested in Mark Stone. And, um, I mean, he is such an important player. I mean, we know when Stone is on, which he usually is when he's in the lineup. He is um, as effective a two-way player as there maybe is in the National Hockey League, doing it offensively and a defensive dynamo. Um, you know, what's the status of him right now? Do you expect him back at any point before the end of the regular season? And who, I mean, how do you replace a guy like that that brings so much to a lineup? Well, you don't replace it. And, and you know, like the, the injuries are one thing for the Golden Knights. 
and they, you know, they've had injuries all year long, and they've, you know, they've been able to kind of stay stay above to tread water and to stay above the playoff line, but they're not playing great right now either. Like they're not playing the right way. And a lot of that is not having stone who will, you know, if when things, when the group starts to cheat and starts to slide a bit, he, he'll say, Hey, that's not the way we play. They're missing that. He's their captain. He's their leader. And he's a good captain. He's, he's a good leader. He's a guy that plays to win games not a guy that plays for his own glory, his own stats. Uh, not all captains are the same. So they, they, you don't replace him, and they miss him dramatically. Um, which has put a lot on the shoulders of Jack Eichel. I mean, we knew the team made a very aggressive move and were very patient to get Jack Eichel into the lineup. He's in right now in sort of a a half roster right now based on what you'd hope to have for a playoff game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, went back to Buffalo, wasn't a great night for the Knights, and I know he had to hear it from the fans. Um, How's it gone for Eichel so far, and how much is on his shoulders that he's bearing right now considering all the injuries that we just talked about? Well, offensively, a ton, right? Like, that's... uh, uh, I think the top line tonight is Eichel between... Carlson and Marcheseau. So uh, Carlson has seven goals. Marcheseau is on his way to get 30 again. And Jack's got five uh, and has only played in like, I think, what, 12 games. So yeah, there's a ton of pressure on him. But the other part of it is, is it's not really his team. It's not like he can kind of just, he's only been there for 12 games. Hard for him to say, hey, guys. We're not playing the right way. It's not really his position to do that just just yet. So, uh, it, listen, it's the perfect uh, been the perfect storm. The injuries, who got hurt? Uh, you know, missing Leonard now. Uh, you know, Brassois is is a good backup. He's not a number one. Uh, Logan Thompson is, is is a really good American League goalie. He's had a couple good NHL. Uh, starts the last time he played was he was just so 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 it's uh, hey no one's that's the other thing no one feels sorry for Vegas right like <laughs> that's true everyone, everyone liked everyone liked them in year one and then they became like the villains of the NHL when they started signing everybody and winning and making great trades and you know Kelly McCrimmon being as aggressive a general manager as there is in the NHL. Other fan bases um, are not, uh, uh, I, I think they're enjoying. There's some schadenfreude here where the uh, Golden Knights are concerned. Yes, there, there may be a few small violins in the chat right now hearing you uh, lay out what the good Knights have been through um, earlier this season. Uh, joking aside, though, the laner loss is absolutely massive. I mean, you take a number one goaltender off any team and it puts huge pressure on the backup um, Lorenzo Swa gets to play against his old team, but I mean he's shouldering more of a load than he has in the past. And um, you know when you don't have players like Stone, harder to keep the puck out of the net. But um, have you seen good things from Lorenzo Swa? Has it been a struggle for him personally, uh, or has this basically just been um what the team is right now and what they have to go to battle with each and every night? No, he's had good games. The added pressure for him is the team can't score right now. So if he's not perfect, 
then all of a sudden it's one nothing or two nothing, and then the Golden Knights have to chase the game and get into a uh, you know they, they 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 get aggressive. You cheat for offense, and uh, and then all of a sudden Bressois is facing uh, three breakaways in a game or or three two on ones or whatever it is odd man rushes, and that uh, you know that's that's a formula for failure. So he's been he's been fine. He hasn't stolen a game for them, uh, and uh, I don't really expect him to do that. They, they you know, they got to score first. They got to put the, the opponent in a position where they have to abandon their structure and what they want to do, uh, and and then you know try and capitalize on on the the opponent's mistakes. Right now, it's been the uh, they have not they have not scored first on this road trip, and they have lost every game so far on this road trip. You know, that being said, I mean, I heard Peter DeBoer talking earlier this week that, you know, he is not disappointed with the way that his team is playing and thinks that they have been in pretty much every game and could have won potentially all four of these games. I mean, if you're not watching the games and you're just looking. I think you you misheard him, Hustler. He said it was troubling that they can't win a a 2-1 game or a 6-5 game. Uh, and Pete is not uh, happy with the way the team is playing. They There's have no glass been half in full? Games. No, the, 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 they have been in games, and, and I think he's happy about that. But they haven't won, and they're on the they're on the precipice of falling out of the playoff picture. Nobody's happy, not even close. Yeah, well, no, I think that goes without saying, especially considering where they were a little bit earlier. But it's a long season, and they're dealing with a lot right now. Listen, you mentioned that Vegas is somewhat the the villains in a lot of spots around the NHL, and I guess that'll be the case tonight because of the importance of the game, but probably less so here in the market than many others because of the incredible Manitoba connections that start, of course, with Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, wanted to ask you about Nolan Patrick. Um, you know, he was the off-season acquisition former number two overall pick, so much potential. He's dealt with injuries, been in and out of the lineup. Um, seems he's back in right now. We expect him to play tonight. What can you tell us about um, how he's getting acclimatized to Vegas and uh, is he getting closer to being a regular, a, a productive regular for VGK? Well, he's been close a couple of times. He's not close right now because he just plays just one game back from injury. But he's been close a couple of other times. Like, I equate Nolan Patrick to uh, a match that someone has poured some water on. It's really hard to get to, to light. But if it ever lights, uh, it, uh, you know, there, there is potential for him to be a really good player in the National Hockey League. He just, his development has been delayed by injury. And then physically, I don't think he's, you know, he's where he would like to be uh, confidence-wise not where he would like to be. The one thing is he loves Vegas. He loves the organization. He's more comfortable than he ever has been as a pro. And uh, the fact that his buddy Brad Houghton from Oak Bank has, uh, was on his way to a 20-goal season until he got hurt has been really, uh, really helpful. Those two guys, they've played together quite a bit. They're buddies. They sit together on the plane. Um, they're both real happy. What's the status of Howden? He's hurt. Everybody's hurt. (laughs) 
Uh, well, hey, two guys that have Manitoba roots that aren't hurt, Keegan Colasar up front. And for my money, one of the best stories in the league over the last couple of years, former MJHL product, Zach Whitecloud. Um, fill us in on how those guys are uh, fitting in and the increased opportunity for players like that with the amount of guys that are out right now. Zach's been tremendous, and uh, Keegan has played up and down the lineup all year long. Uh, you know, he's a big guy. He'll fight. He'll hit. Uh, he's, uh, you know, it, Keegan has potential to be a real good bottom six forward, maybe middle six. And White Cloud, you know, I think there's going to be a time where he's, you know, going to be uh, a top four guy, really consistent, great at both ends of the ice. And, uh, um, you're not gonna. They're they're both really nice kids. Uh, they're not kids anymore. They're both real nice men, and you know do do all the little things well. Really good pros. Uh, it's hard not to cheer for them. Um, Gary, I mean, I know you can only tell us so much, but I'm interested in your perspective on Monday's deadline. I mean, Vegas has made the biggest and most aggressive trade of the entire season, getting Jack Eichel. Um, but as you laid out, there are so many players out of the lineup right now, and this is a very precarious p position for the hockey club right now heading into the trade deadline. Do you expect Vegas to be busy, or is that something that's happened before? Will Kelly McCrimmon has always be aggressive, knowing that this is a team, if they can get into the playoffs and get healthy, will be dangerous? Well, it all depends on the cap, right? Like, it, 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 Kelly will have to determine who is going to be back before the regular season is out and, uh, and what that allows them to do because they're like, they, you know, if everybody's healthy, they're 10 million over or something like that. So uh, he's keeping all that information to himself because it's obviously, uh, you know, that that's information that allows him to either be a stealth bomber and sneak up on people or uh, he's, he's, you know, quietly not going to do anything, but he doesn't want anyone to know that. Uh, so um, uh, Kelly's strategic in everything he does and it'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, I'm in the dark just like you, but it'll be fun on Monday to figure out which way he, uh, he's, he has been planning to go. You know what? And Vegas is far from the only team in a very precarious cap situation. It's been interesting to hear many of uh, your former insider colleagues uh, here north of the border talk about the deadline. And, you know, a few of them projecting that maybe this won't be as busy as it traditionally has been before. Do you, do you have any sense of uh, how much action you think will be in the National Hockey League, considering the, the, the certainly the cap situation first and foremost around the league? Well, there's 16 teams in LTIR. So that the half the league ostensibly might, might, might not be able to make a move or may be able to make a move. Then there's the teams that are simply are, that are just sellers. And there's a bunch of those. I think that the market is small. The number of teams, let's just, you know, will Tampa do something? Maybe Florida, they might, they might nibble. You know, or maybe, maybe they go big. Maybe they get Giroux. Colorado's already made a move. I don't think Pittsburgh has the cap space. Washington's in a weird spot. And you, just, you know, you go through the league and, you know, the Oilers, are, are they going to do something? Which way are the Jets going to go? Is Chevy going to sell? Like, what if the Jets lose 
the next two games, he he probably you know is put pushed into a a corner to go one way. If they win the next two games, maybe he decides, okay, this might be my last chance with this roster. I've got to I got to I got to do something. Uh, like it's uh, it, it's a it's a complex year, and uh, you know, t- like t- teams burn assets. They get to a certain point, and then, like Vegas, for example, they've like they've traded Peyton Krebs, they've traded Nick Suzuki, like, like the, the, those are big pieces that they move to get to this point, and then the hockey gods crap all over them, and they got nine guys out of the lineup. It's uh, uh, you know those conversations between ownership and uh, and management uh, at this stage are crucial because you know in some places maybe the owner says, you know what. It's not our year. I'd, I'd love some playoff dates, but not at the expense of our next two first rounders. So do what you got to do, but keep your powder dry. Uh, and then yeah. there's another owner that says, that says I, I need the playoff money. The pandemic crushed my other businesses. I've been, this business needs to kick in. I need four playoff dates. Do what you got to do. Like th- those conversations are the real fascinating ones right now. Well, you know, absolutely. And, you know, to your point about the amount of teams in LTIR and some teams, you know, just without the ability to do things that they maybe normally would do, I think has maybe lessened the number of quote unquote buyers in the market. And uh, I'm not sure. What was your first reaction to what Colorado ended up paying for Josh Manson? Yeah. You know, I I thought the price was fair. It was, you know, it was okay. They got a prospect and uh, and then a pick. Uh, like I, like I, I wouldn't pay a first round first rounder for Josh Manson. I like Josh Manson, but uh, he's, you know, he's he, he's not a number one. That's for sure. Uh, and on on a really good team, like where is he going to play on that for Colorado? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, he might get into the top four at times, but if anything, he's probably a third pairing guy. I think we looked at he was fitting in with Eric Johnson and, you know, a second round pick and a prospect for a team that expects to be in the Stanley Cup, I think is something you can swallow. If you think a player like that is going to put you over the top or give you the depth that you need to win four rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, you know, for the same reason why Ben Sherratt's sitting out and they haven't had any takers on a first-rounder for Ben Sherratt is the fact that, I mean, I think you can only get that sort of return if there's a number of interested suitors that are bidding against each other. And at least till this point, it doesn't seem like that that is materialized at all. I love Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt can be on my team any day of the week. I'm not paying a first-rounder for him. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're uh, you're in lockstep with a number of other general managers here in the league. Gary Lawless, the Vegas Golden Knights, is with us. Uh, Lawman, just before we go, how's the sheriff and the rest of the Manitoba Mafia doing there off the ice? Well, the sheriff's had a bad win. He had uh, he had uh, he had to get uh, his shoulder cleaned out, but he's doing uh, he's doing fine. Millard is annoying as always. Who else? <laughs> I'm trying to think who else we have around here. Uh, you know, Vaughn Carpet and Bobby Lowe's, they'll be in town later this week for uh, um, for the trade deadline when uh, Kelly brings everybody in. And Mick McCrimmon, Kelly's Kelly's son, one of our pro scouts now, uh, he'll be here as well. 
So, uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be, uh, you know, there'll be a, 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 a social at some point in time. There'll be some, uh, some, some kibasa and, uh, and some club beer consumed, I would imagine. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, by the way, uh, can thanks again. Get, can you still get a club somewhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can still get it. You can still get it. It's uh, not quite on tap at many fine bars and restaurants around the city, but uh, they certainly have it down at the vendor in uh, in six packs, 12 packs, 24 packs, uh, just ready to go to Grand Beach for the weekend when the uh, seven feet of snow finally uh, finally leave us. Hey, uh, because we're talking to you on the phone today, we are utilizing one of your uh, lovely um, stock photos as a background for this many people complimenting oh, yeah. you on the suit but a couple people have said that you know it might be time for vegas gary to add an earring to the look has that been something that you've considered at all or uh, or, or or entertained andrew you know what i want to add to my look and it is not an earring <laughs> have you made any progress on that i'm not allowed to i've got I, my wife and daughter are dead set against me getting a hair replacement system. And, uh, like I'd like to go to Rockies on Pemina. He, uh, he had hair replacement systems for sale for a long time. And, uh, like I'm telling you, it's Vegas. Why, why shouldn't I have a rug? It's, it's, it is part of Vegas lore. I agree. And I, I will always remember one of your most famous lines along this exact topic back from H&L is that you'd said, you know, even if you're not getting the full replacement, you would like to have just a nice wig that you could wear out for special occasions three, four times a year. I mean, I think that's a perfect compromise. Uh, you know, the next time Remus has a kid and there's a bris, I'd wear the wig to that, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, um, if you are ever, if you are ever to get married, if hell were to freeze over and there were to be nuptials involving <laughs> one Andrew Patterson, I'll tell you this right now. If you ever get married, and I don't care if it's at a church, city hall, destination, you know, I'll wear a wig to your wedding. <laughs> Jeez, this just for this, this might be the kick in the ass I needed to, uh, you know, to take that plunge at some point, Gary. Just, just knowing that that has been the carrot that you have dangled in front of me uh, for this. Your hey, poor I'll, mother's, mother's going to hear this, and she's, she's going to get hope will come alive for her that maybe Andrew is going to get married. Mrs. Patterson, don't hold your breath, sweetheart. <laughs> I think she'd be just as pumped to see you in the wig as well and get everyone together for it. Um, hey, this has been a heck I don't, I don't think you could talk a woman into marrying you. <laughs> hey, you never know. I've, uh, I've had to That's say no a couple times. I've had to say no a couple times, Gary. I've been on the receiving end of proposals, <laughs> I'll have you know. Uh, let, me tell, let me tell this story. I'll tell it really fast. The late Don Matthews was coach of the Toronto Argonauts, and he had a beef on for me for about two months. And he called me to his office one day and I'd had enough. He's screaming at me and I'm looking out the window. I'm not even paying attention to him. And he's getting madder and madder because I'm basically, I'm whistling as he screams at me. And then finally he goes, I know what you're thinking. I go, Oh, do you? What am I thinking, Don? Cause you think I'm a failure. 
And I'm like, what? Failure? You got like 11 great cup rings in that desk drawer. How, why would I think you're a fit? No, no. You know that I've been married and divorced four times. So you think I'm a failure. I go, well, number one, I didn't know that. Number two, shit happens. Like, I, I, I don't, like, what do I care about your personal life? I certainly don't think you're a failure. Then he goes, yeah, you do. But I want you to think about it this way. I said, okay, what? He goes, do you think you can talk four women into marrying you? And it was like the greatest, <laughs> the greatest ego line. Like he took his four divorces and basically put them up on his chest as medals of honor. That he... <laughs> so, uh, Edward, you might be able to talk one in to doing it, but you couldn't talk four. I can assure you of that. Guess I better get working on it, huh? Uh, man, this has been a heck of a lot of fun. We're going to see you in the peg next week. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it, you know, this, uh, nobody wants to get stuck in Canada for like, well, no, nobody, I, I'd be happy to be stuck in Canada for a couple of weeks, but, uh, none of the, uh, none of the TV networks want to want to pay for someone, uh, to get stuck in a hotel for a couple of weeks in Canada. And, I, and it's not so much the on air people, but like, there's so many people that you got to send, to put a show on, so uh, uh, we'll see. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty safe because I had the I had the vid in uh, in January, so I'm st I don't have to test yet. So uh, Duva is there tonight doing the radio, but uh, I'm here with Millard doing TV. So uh, a pretty good chance I'll uh, I'll sneak in next week. Well, fingers crossed we'll see you then, if not at the end of the season. And uh, actually, I'll tell you more about this off air, but I will be heading down your way, hopefully, in uh, not too long and seeing you there in uh, your new home as well. Thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy hey, this game tonight. We'll talk to you soon. I just got a text from one of your exes. She <laughs> says, no chance. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Yeah, and the funny thing is, you probably did. You probably did. Okay. <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> Gary Lawless. Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, God, the magic. The magic happens each and every time. I'm glad, I'm glad we got off that hockey topic and got into things like weddings and unlikely nuptials um mike mcintyre is going to get this train back going straight in just a minute i do want to thank our friends at f apparel for their amazing support of winnipeg sports talk the best custom suits for men at affordable prices down at 190 smith street downtown every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great and f's custom made suits start at just 400 dollars. they've got a full line of custom clothing for any occasion including dress shirts winter jackets although God damn, I think we're done with those for the year. Casual chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. And of course, they're the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. Give them a buzz or talk to them on at, down at 190 Smith Street or make an appointment or check out everything they've got going on at F Apparel. That's EPHapparel.com. Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery are ready for spring right now, but if you're still dealing with winter, they are the go-to spot for automotive batteries and more in Winnipeg. Batteries really for everything, but a great price supporting local. 100 bucks on pretty much all makes and models with Core Exchange, or they'll deliver it to you for $115 citywide. 
if you order by 1.30 p.m., they'll get it to you on the same day. If you're doing ice fishing this weekend, they got your flasher batteries. They'll keep you uh, catching fish until the ice melts, and then they'll have you ready for all the fun toys at summer. Uh, 1026 Logan Avenue, 783-8787. Find them online at manitobabattery.com. And, of course, our friends at Royal Sports are ready for this game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, not to mention the upcoming Major League Baseball season and more. NFL draft right around the corner. Soon we'll have those NFL draft lids and maybe some new jerseys with all of the players that are changing teams right now. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But when it comes to licensed merchandise for your favorite team, one stop is all you need to make. Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. And of course, if you're involved in hockey, you know that Royal has been the hockey superstore for over 35 years. Another great family-owned business in Winnipeg. They've also got snowboards in time for spring break, fitness gear, looking ahead to spring and more. Not to mention all the cool stuff over on the King's Skate, Snow, and Surf side. Go and visit them, 750 Pemina Highway. And follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. All right. Let's uh, straighten this show out and uh, get back to a game tonight. And Well, who knows? Maybe we won't. Mike McIntyre joins us now from the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, um, did you ever entertain a wig for special occasions, maybe three or four times a year, put on maybe a Kenny G look or something and just cruise around town? Uh, I didn't I didn't go to those lengths. I, I think I've talked about this before. I used to host karaoke in this in this town back in the day. And uh I'd belt out an Elvis tune or two, although I usually didn't. I usually didn't add the uh, the get up. It was just the voice, not the not the look. I didn't really have the Elvis look down pat. But uh, hey, more credit to uh, that. That was a great segment, by the way. Uh, with with all, uh, what a beauty, what a beauty. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's uh it is always fun hooking up with my old partner Gary Lawless. Um. Let's get to, I mean, huge game tonight. And um, listen, we'll focus in on this game in a second. But I actually wanted to back up to Sunday and your piece in the Winnipeg Free Press on what we talked about extensively yesterday that I think any Jets fan that was watching the game on Sunday night was talking about. And that was Nikolai Ehlers with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. I mean, what an incredible dynamic line. They put a team on their shoulders on Sunday night and um, willed them to a big win in overtime, Mike. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while, and Paul Maurice did as well. Maybe not necessarily with Kyle Connor, but those two, Ehlers and Dubois, played quite a bit last year. We knew the struggles that Dubois had. He's a different player this season. We finally got to see those guys together, and man, was that, that you know, as disappointing as a lot of aspects of this season has been, that might have been the most exciting night for Jet fans looking ahead to the future this season. Well, for sure. And, you know, I had written, uh, I think, a week or two ago, and we talked about it, I think, last week, Huss, how, you know, to me, there's four forwards that I would be building this Jets team around going forward, and three of them were on the same line the other night. The fourth would be Cole Perfetti, who's out of the lineup, who actually, of course, has also played on that line with Dubois and Connor and looked looked really good there as well. To me, those are your foundational forwards going forward uh, for the franchise. And to see them together and, you know, where they are this season and at this stage of their careers, um, you know, that was that was a bit of a coming out party, I think, and a real glimpse into what shouldn't just be Winnipeg's top line 
you know, potentially for years to come. A line that I would argue could be one of the NHL's best lines for years to come. Um, look, I get, I get the, the idea of not necessarily wanting to put all your eggs in one basket and why coaches sometimes shy away. There's that school of thought that, you know, you put two strong forwards together and then a complementary piece and you spread it out. And certainly when you look at the Jets this year, Huss, they often have been a one-team line, a one-trick pony, if you will. So I get why Dave Lowry has been reluctant to do that. Mm-hmm. That being said, in a, in a season where there's been a lot of disappointing things, uh, to see them together and to see them look as we kind of envision they might uh, was was a real positive and something that, you know, down the stretch, regardless of what happens here the rest of the way, I'd like to see as much as possible of that line. Let them let them grow together. Let them struggle together. You know, there'll be nights where it probably isn't going, but I think there's such potential there that that is, you know, we're looking at the future kind of here in the present right now. Well, and, and, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago we were chatting on the show and we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois and the leadership that he was showing, you know, the consistency, the drive, the engagement. And you know, we talked about sort of maybe a changing of the guard in, you know, the the leadership of this club, which has been pretty much the same for a while. Right. And I joke, oh, is this a hostile takeover? And, you know, in some ways... The, the we could have the same conversation about you know the top line the guys that are going to be leaned on the most by Dave Lowry and I'm sure the plan was at some point in the future for that to happen but there'd be many people and maybe the head coach himself that might believe maybe the future is now for that after watching what happened in St. Louis sure. the best thing that could possibly have especially with Andrew Kopp's status which we'll get to in a minute um, would be maybe a big response from Shifley, Wheeler, and Stastny up front, because um, as exciting as that line is, they can only be on the ice for so much. The bottom six is certainly not what you'd like to be as a fully healthy squad right now. Right. And um, th- this team is going to need both of their top lines to be productive and take care of things in both ends if they want to get to the finish line where they want to be. Imagine if you had said at the beginning of the season, Huss, that the Jets would get into overtime in game 60, I guess, is what that was the other night. And they would start three forwards in overtime and none of them would be Mark Shifley. Um, That's what happened. And, you know, I I see a lot of stuff out there. A lot of people think Dave Lowry is just Paul Maurice 2.0. And certainly there are things Dave Lowry does which – you know, very closely resemble things Maurice would have done. I would argue that that's because all coaches tend to do a lot of the same things. They they all lean on the same crutches. You know, they, they all kind of read from the same book. That being said, I don't know if Paul Maurice, if he was still at the helm of the Jets, would we see those three guys starting overtime? Um I I have my doubts. And so I think one of the things we've seen with Dave Lowry uh, as he's come in here is he's not indebted to necessarily to the way things were. He doesn't feel maybe the way Paul Maurice would have, that he owes certain guys for, you know, for things that have happened before. And, you know, is it rubbing Mark Shifley the wrong way? Look, I'm, I'm sure Mark Shifley probably wasn't very thrilled to not be starting overtime the other day. He's probably not thrilled 
to not be the one out there with Dubois and Connor or Ehlers and Connor or Ehlers and Dubois, whatever. Um, but you know what? Play better then. Uh, like that's, that's the message to me. And so to your point, Haas, absolutely. This can go one of two ways. You can, you can see what's happening around you and respond accordingly and raise your game so that the next time that comes around, you're making it really tough for the coach to decide who do I want to start or who am I playing with who, or you could pout and sulk and, and not play well. And, you know, just kind of continue um, to make things worse rather than better. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, consider the gauntlet kind of thrown down a little bit here and the jets would be a better team as a whole, obviously, if, if that could motivate other guys to get going uh, in the lineup. So, you know, we'll see. And tonight's a good chance uh, for Mark Shifley to uh, to respond in a big way. Well, yeah, and I mean, I don't want to get, I mean, God knows we spent enough time talking about Shife in the future. And I mean, that's a conversation we'll continue to have as we get past the deadline and to the end of the season and into the off season. But I will say this, and I think I mentioned this maybe off the top of the program. Part of the reason why I was so bullish on Shifley's prospects for this season and the Jets following along was number one was the Olympics, the opportunity to be part of the Canadian team. I thought that would bring the best out of him. And, you know, at times it didn't, and then it didn't look like it was happening. But the other thing was, was the emergence of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who for, I mean, I would say most of this season, to be honest, has been the guy that I would tab as the number one center. And we maybe hadn't seen, although post-All-Star break certainly has been more effective offensively, and maybe it's just a bit more cashing in the uh, cashing in the chances. But, I mean, overall, especially if Dave Lowry leans on that line going forward, I think it is a, uh, a huge opportunity and, frankly, crucial for the short and the long term of this team to see what you're going to get out of that group. Because, I mean, they've been the guys for a long, long time. There's been some ups, there's been some downs. But we can see into the future looking at this lineup right now. And if this future, if the present is going to hold any good things, it can't just be on those three players. And um, there's no doubt about it that Mark Shifley is going to need to continue to be as offensively effective as he's been coming out of the, uh, uh, coming out of the All-Star break but also be more engaged in these tough playoff type games that right. we'll be seeing for the rest of the way. So if, if I'm Mark Shifley, I mean, I look at this, this putting together Dubois, Connor Ehlers, maybe it's an opportunity to get away from some of the smothering matchups that he traditionally sees. Absolutely. Let's, so let's go to let's go to the other night. Dave Lowry puts those three together after Svechnikov takes the two and the 10 so he bumps Ehlers up. They score the tying goal relatively quickly. Um, Craig Berube sees what's happening in front of him, goes, uh-oh, uh, those guys, they're potentially going to run wild on my team if I don't do something to respond. So what does Craig Berube do? Well, he moves the Ryan O'Reilly line, and he gets last change. He's the home team. He moves them off the Shifley line onto the Dubois line. Um because that's that's what he sees as the biggest threat. But of course, what that also does now is it makes Mark Shifley's opposition when he's out on the ice maybe a little easier for him to overcome. So yeah, th th this will take maybe some heat, maybe some pressure off him. I'm sure Mark Mark Shifley would say he likes the pressure and he he likes the challenge. But you know what? He hasn't always been up to that challenge this season. So 
Uh, maybe now Dubois, his line is going to shoulder some of that heavy lifting. And of course, when the Jets are on home ice, you know, they get the last matchup. And I'll be curious, for example, tonight, and I realize the Golden Knights aren't at full strength, but let's say a guy like Mark Stone was in the lineup tonight. I mean, who would Dave Lowry have out there against, say, the Mark Stone line? We know that that Pete DeBoer would try and get Mark Stone now out against the Dubois line, not the Shifley line. So the matchup game, the game within the game is going to be interesting to watch here. But I would say that there is an opportunity now for Mark Shifley to maybe have a little more room, a little more time and space, uh, and we'll see if he can take advantage of that. Um, Mike, let's get to uh, Andrew Kopp's status. That was, I mean, you were in the building. Um, that was a absolutely hellacious hit. Um, we did not get, first of all, did you get any chance to really see that hit? To be honest, the replays that we saw, nothing was really conclusive. Right. I mean, there wasn't really great angles on that. First of all, what did you make of the hit? And then the reaction of Andrew Kopp, did, I'm not sure whether you saw what we did see was him going to the room throwing his helmet, obviously rattled that um, he'd been hit and wasn't able to return to the game. So I'll say this, his throw, the throwing of the helmet, I took as perhaps a good sign and that he had the wherewithal to have the anger. Like he wasn't completely yeah. in la-la land at that point. Uh, and when he fell to the ice originally, I mean, I almost thought he was knocked out the way he went down. Um, I did see a couple of replays after. And look, I, I think... Players often police themselves, right? And I think the lack of reaction by the Jets on the ice at the time, and even as the game went on, I think they recognized that, that there was nothing malicious there. It was just more unfortunate than anything, that it was an, an unfortunate accidental collision. It wasn't Oscar Sundquist, you know, looking to go headhunting. A very unfortunate result. And, of course, knowing Andrew Kopp's history, this is a guy who we all know Andrew Kopp is extremely well-spoken. Uh, he's been very candid with us about his own concern about his future and, you know, head trauma. And of course he just had that, that fourth concussion of his career uh, a few weeks back after the hit from Jordan Greenway comes back and he talked about not wanting to rush back and then boom, you know, it looks like maybe he's got another one. Um, I I frankly didn't expect him to be at all a player probably for several weeks. And so I was a little surprised to hear Dave Lowry today essentially say that he hasn't even been ruled out for tonight's game. Now, is this some gamesmanship by the Jets, knowing that they have a pending UFA who is very much going to be, you know, getting a lot of calls on? Maybe, but, you know, I, I don't know that look, if teams are going to trade for Andrew Cobb, they're going to do their due diligence. They're not just going to take the Jets, you know, what Dave Lowry's saying at a news conference and, oh, he must be not too bad. They obviously would want to look very carefully at, at what his condition is. Um, I'll be stunned to see Andrew Cobb tonight. And to be honest, Hust, I'll be surprised to see him Friday or Sunday either. Because to me, like, even if, they feel that he's probably okay to play. Are you are you risking something and on a guy that might bring you a first rounder next next Monday? Like, well, let me ask you this: Do you think anyone's going to pay that or whatever the asking price is? If the last time you saw him on the ice was getting nuked by Sunkvist right. and hadn't been able to play this entire week, I mean, part of me says that. You I, think the, I think the best thing that can happen, yeah. I mean, even whether he has a great game or not, 
just right. a matter of like, okay, he's back, he's fine, yeah. and he's able to play. I mean, because honestly, if I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff, I'm not sure how hard I can grind a rival GM to give me my asking price right. if there's any sort of a question mark of Andrew Kopp's ability to be in the lineup for the team that's acquiring him. Well, sure, and if you're Kurt Overhart, you know, his agent, looking even b- beyond just the trade deadline, oh, yeah. what does this do for a contract negotiation? Like, whether it's the Jets, and I don't expect the Jets are re-signing Andrew Kopp this summer. In fact, I, I, I'd be stunned. But wherever he signs this summer, Huss, I mean, if when they're in negotiations, how much does the fact that he's a 28-year-old who may now have his fifth concussion of his career, like, does a GM, are they reluctant to shell out term and dollar because they say he might be one more bad hit away from something catastrophic? And so you're right. I mean, there's probably motivation from Cop and his camp to get back out there as well. Um so there's a lot of things in play for sure. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate on so many levels that Cop got hurt because, of course, the Jets, the Jets could really use Andrew Cop, you know, in the here and now, but they also could use what Andrew Cop might turn into uh, as early as next Monday. And so it does create a lot of moving parts and, and some intrigue as well. No, your, your point about, you know, uh, Overheart and looking ahead to the big picture. And I mean, yeah, listen, I think we all have to think about the person first and the, the sure. player first in this as much as, you know, it's at a weird time where it's a week before the deadline and he would have been at the top of the potential targets for other teams because of his contract. But you're exactly right, Mike. I mean, that was the first thing that I thought. I mean, this is the guy that, you know, would have, and I think part of the reason maybe that he was open to signing a long-term deal was that he realized that, you know, this is a dangerous game, and he has been hurt in the past, and having yeah. that sort of security is important. It wasn't available to him. He signed the one-year deal knowing that this was a huge year for him to potentially set him up for the rest of his career, and those sort of injuries can, to your point, I mean, absolutely, um, you know, be very, very negative when it comes to, you know, trying to, you know, have the confidence of another team to go in. because. Listen, you can have all the all the belief in the world that this is a guy that can come and help you win and help you win a Stanley Cup. But in the cap era, if yeah. you're paying significant money for a free agent with a significant term and all of a sudden that's cut short, I mean, I guess there obviously is LTIR, but um, that would make general managers and especially their owners probably far more hesitant than in a normal situation. And look, we, we know this, Huss. Andrew Kopp is a very smart guy. He's as smart as they come. I think all the things we just talked about here, that's why he chucked his helmet in anger. The, he recognizes there's a lot of things going on here. And the last thing he needs right now in his career is what happened the other night on the ice. And, you know, again, we hope that that it's not as bad as it looks. And certainly the early indications now and what Dave Lowry said today at least gives some optimism. But this is a guy, Andrew Kopp, you know, he's gone back to college. Well, he's while he's been playing as an NHLer, he's been finishing his college degree. Uh, he recognizes life after hockey probably more than most pros. And he recognizes, you know, head trauma and what it's done. And no doubt he's seen... There's no shortage of guys who've had their careers cut short. And let's just hope for Andrew Kopp, the person, forget about the hockey player and what it means to the trade deadline and the Jets and all that. Just for Andrew Kopp, the person, 
uh, I'm certainly hoping uh, for the best and and that you know he can recover from whatever this is as quickly as possible. Yeah, Vern in the chat says, "Cop gambled. Did he lose? Win? I mean, listen, he didn't gamble. He didn't have the opportunity. I mean, nope. you know, by the time that the Jets sat down with Andrew Cop, they had just re-upped Neil Pionk. They take they ran out of money. Well, exactly. They added ten million dollars in the cap in a day and a half um, to their blue line." And unfortunately, that squeezed out what would have been available under the cap, even if the Jets and I believe that they would have loved to have signed Andrew Kopp to some sort of a long-term extension. That being said, we are where we are. Uh, be very interesting to see how this progresses over the course of the week. I'm with you, Mike. I don't think we see Andrew Kopp tonight. Uh, but if he really is a game-time decision based on what we heard from Dave Lowry and take that for what it's worth, especially at this time of the year, um, they could get him back for that game against Friday against Boston would be great for the player and certainly great for the team as well. Speaking of the deadline, this is the last time we're going to have a chance to chat before Monday on the program with you, Mike. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about cop and Stastny, but I am interested in your perspective on the blue line. And in particular, those five defensemen that are signed beyond this season for the next couple of years. Um, we've spent so much time talking about the readiness of Billy Hanela and Dylan Sandberg and, and Johnny Kovacevic with what he's showed so far this year. I don't think there's many people who would, wouldn't agree that there is such a logjam that something has to give. Right. Um, do you think that there's much of a chance that one of those five defensemen could be moved before Monday's trade deadline? Or is that a conversation that Kevin Sheveldayoff will have and address in the offseason? I think there's a chance, but it's a very, very remote one. But I do think as we head into the summer, there's a very good chance that, and and I would in fact encourage looking at at potentially moving one of those pieces for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, first and foremost, because we've seen a glimpse into uh, the depth chart on the blue line, and we know what's kind of ripening on the vine down on the farm, whether it's Johnny Kovacevic, uh, Dylan Sandberg, Declan Chisholm, or of course, Billy Hainala. Um, to me, Huss, there's a couple guys that I would not consider moving, and this may not be a popular take amongst folks out there, but the two of those five guys that we talk about that are signed sort of with term, the two that I would not be trading are Josh Morrissey and Brendan Dillon. Um, I think Josh Morrissey, who's having a really nice season, a real nice comeback season after a real tough campaign. He's your alternate captain. To me, regardless of what happens with Wheeler and Shifley, I think Josh Morrissey is a vital part of the leadership group, and he should remain that way. He's a vital part of the blue line. He brings so many intangibles. I would not be looking. I think his contract, yeah, last year as he struggled, some would say that the contract didn't look so good. I think it looks pretty good. He committed long-term and vice versa. I would keep him. I also think Brendan Dillon is a guy who does the things on the ice that the Jets don't do enough of. They need they need more Brendan Dillon in their lineup, not less. And I would not be looking to move Brendan Dillon. Nate Schmidt, Dylan DeMello, even Neil Pionk. Hey, what are you going to offer me for one or two or three of those guys? Um, I think Kevin Sheveldayoff has to be listening. And I'm sure he'll be listening between now and next Monday. I just I just wonder if those are the bigger type hockey deals, if you will, that that you, you park into the offseason. But again, if somebody blows your doors off with an offer between now and then, maybe you know the defense market isn't as isn't as um as lucrative as some might like. So maybe there's a team out there that gets desperate that comes, you know, calling next Monday morning or afternoon. 
and makes him an offer he can't refuse. I would absolutely be considering that because I do think the Jets would be wise to try and turn one or two of those guys into something else that could help, you know, with the overall mix of this team and also create opportunity that frankly isn't really there right now for some of their young blue liners who, by the way, have nice contracts that a team that's spending to near the cap could certainly use a few guys like that. You don't need a $4 million player necessarily on your third pair if you have a guy making a million in the minors who could step into that role and give you pretty much the same kind of thing, right? You could use that money elsewhere. So I think these are conversations the Jets absolutely will be wise to have uh, both now and again this summer. I just, if I had to put a bet on it, Haas, I think that that kind of move probably waits till the off season. Yeah. And the one thing that I'll say, and again, it's timing is everything. I mean, there's unique opportunities based on where teams are at. And I think Kevin sure. Sheveldayoff has to take each one of those as an individual basis. Um, but I mean, I would even be open to trading one of those players that you mentioned and taking on a forward that has, you know, a year or two of term at maybe a higher salary that you might, you know, not normally want, um, depending on the makeup of your club, right? Because the minute you do that, to your point, you're allowed to bring in a guy on an ELC that can play significant minutes. And it sort of shifts the, you know, the cap, dis, uh, the distribution from yep. your blue line to the forwards. And I think as we've seen right now, I mean, with the exception of Perfetti, who's out, and Gustafson, who for whatever reason stays with the Manitoba Moose, um, you know, there isn't the depth of the forward prospects, at least that are NHL ready, right. anywhere close to what there is on the blue line. And, and that, I think, feeds into the concept that something's got to give and the way that that'll give is with some sort of a trade. Well, and and again, the Jets are a team that can use more secondary scoring, Huss, and they're probably losing two top nine forwards in Kopp and Stasny, whether they lose them on Monday or this summer. Either way, they're gone. And you're right. There's not a whole lot other than Perfetti, who's hurt and probably would be playing right now anyways, um, over a guy like maybe Veselainen, you know, who probably wouldn't be playing if, if Perfetti was, was healthy. Um, and David Gustafson, who I think his time is, is got to be coming here. And I would expect the Jets don't have, you know, with Andrew Kopp, if he is indeed out, they won't have any extra forwards here. I get that they're at home and they probably won't call anybody up immediately, but I got to think David Gustafson is, is the next guy coming up here. And given the way a guy like Christian Veselainen has played lately, it wouldn't shock me if Gustafson is not in the lineup here sooner rather than later. Even Adam Brooks, you know, he'll go in tonight if Andrew Kopp doesn't. But obviously, being a healthy scratch six straight games, the club obviously hasn't been thrilled by what they've seen from him. So I just got to think Gustafson's time is coming here. And and it's certainly coming, you know, next season, I would think. But yeah, I mean, look, the Jets, they've got to, you know, I guess depends how, how you look at it, how much you want to shake up the foundation of this team I just think that, you know, what we're seeing play out this season suggests that this team is is not the contender that we thought they were. Um, they can't obviously string together enough consistent performances. And I don't know if you saw, Huss, an interesting quote from Daryl Thudder earlier today. Um, I'll read it to you in case you didn't. He was asked about uh, the wild card battle going on in the West. And he may as well have been speaking about the Jets. He said, if you're a wild card team, 
I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days, he said. <laughs> so, Daryl uh, Sutter doesn't have much optimism of, and, and look, that's what the Jets, if the Jets were to scratch and claw their way in here, that's what they're fighting for. They're fighting to be the eight seed and play Colorado, which Daryl Sutter just said would be a waste of eight days. So that's why, personally, Huss, I've seen enough at the, of this stage to say, regardless of what happens this week in these next three games for the Jets, I'm still moving, if I can, Pop and Stasny next Monday. And, you know, I'll play the, the, the cards that I'm dealt the rest of the season and worry about that. I just don't think using these guys as your own self-rental when you're going to lose them then for nothing in the summer, that's not a position I don't personally think the Jets can afford to to take. And I just don't think that's good asset management for a team that needs to be very careful with what it does here. And it would be one thing if you know the team was in the Pacific Division or the Dallas Stars were in a different spot. But to me, it's Dallas. I mean, Dallas is the, is the key. They've three points up they've got three games in hand and they're the fifth place team in the right. central division i mean the way the playoffs work i mean it's not just the top eight it's three and three and two sure. wild cards so you know you're you're exactly right and as far well, as so, david sorry just here's the thing Huss. a lot of people think that it's just one team the jets have to catch and if you look at the standings today you see vegas and you're like oh well a win today they're only two points out as you say dallas but there's another team in the mix too they actually have to be better than three teams down the stretch. They have to for sure be better than Dallas, but they also have to be better than two of Vegas, Vancouver, and Edmonton. If they're not better than two of those three teams from the Pacific, it doesn't matter. So they really have to have, they have to be better than three teams, not just one. And that's the challenge, especially in a, you know, in a league where there's, there's three point game galores, right? Like so many games go to overtime. It's tough to make up that ground for sure. Well, for sure. And I mean, you know, it's one thing it's there's the three points, but also the three games in hand. And if you extrapolate what Dallas has done over the season, you know, with what they do over those three games, let's be conservative and say they're getting three or four points out of that. You're really talking about a seven game deficit. And uh, that's yeah. why every jet fan will be a closet leaf fan tonight. <laughs> when uh, the Leafs of that Austin Matthews take on those Dallas stars. Well, and, and don't forget Miro Heiskanen has, um, has mono. Yep. Which, uh, I mean, I don't know how much folks out there know about mono. That's not a cold. Uh, depending on the degree, I guess, my goodness, that could, that could take him out of the picture for a lengthy period of time. Uh, and he's their best defenseman. So that's a big blow to the stars for sure. Um, and they don't have an easy schedule, but what they do have, as you point out, is some games in hand. Of course, the Jets don't have an easy schedule starting with tonight. I know people will look at it and say, well, Vegas has lost four in a row. I suspect we're going to see an absolutely desperate Golden Knights team trying to salvage something here, Huss, so they don't limp back to Sin City, um, you know, with an 0-5 trip here. Uh, because they're not – I don't know that Vegas is worried so much about the Jets, per se, catching them. They're worried about Vancouver. They're worried about Edmonton. And you talk about – you know, we talk about the Jets and how this was a team that was supposed to contend. 
that's nothing compared to what Vegas was supposed to do. They're supposed to be competing with Colorado for the president's trophy, not competing with Winnipeg and Vancouver for ninth or 10th in the West. And I get that they've had a run of bad luck in terms of injuries and, and what they're missing from their lineup, but they were supposed to be deep enough to absorb this. And uh, it makes for a really compelling matchup tonight at the uh, at the downtown rink that's for sure no it certainly does but i mean patcheretti smith laner mark stone their captain alec martinez jan mark mcnab and nolan patrick just came back and he's been in and out of the lineup i mean that's uh those are some big opportunities but again it's a big opportunity for the winnipeg jets to make the most of a game against a uh, depleted opponent at a time when they absolutely have to do it hey before we go i want to ask you about the the adam lowry line now without Nikolai Ehlers, and let's assume that Andrew Kopp isn't there. Um, right. Listen, uh, Jansen Harkins has been up and down. I'm a fan of Harkins. I think that putting in the right situation, he brings the hustle and the grit that you would like to have in that spot. But I specifically want to ask you about Evgeny Svechnikov in that, you know, he's run on the wrong side of Dave Lowry at times, and he certainly did on Sunday when he took the two and the 10, yeah. which was the catalyst to get Ehlers up with Dubois and Connor. I don't see that changing anytime soon. For sure, he's had his best success. and There's been a lot of people that are big proponents of having him on that line. I don't think even the biggest Svechnikov fan will have that take today, knowing that the alternative is having Ehlers with Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. So to me, this is imperative on Evgeny Svechnikov to show to Dave Lowry to maybe regain some of the trust and confidence that he has, but also show that he can be effective in that top nine playing on that third line role because I don't think there's a spot for him right now in the top six. And the bottom line is the Jets are going to need somebody to step up playing alongside Adam Lowry because that line is always going to be playing a significant amount. And, uh, you know, for the first half season, when there was a number of revolving pieces around there, there wasn't a lot of production from it. And, uh, and we've talked a lot about leaning all on those two lines, continuing to get something from Lowry, who's played great coming out yeah. of the all-star break. Very, very important. So uh, I would say this next stretch for Svechnikov, both for his role on the team with the coach, as well as looking ahead to how he projects as a Winnipeg Jet, um, very important on that Lowry line. Oh, I would agree, and I, 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 I'm intrigued by the potential of that now new look. And it seems like we're always talking about a new look third line. Like nobody's had more line mates this year than Adam Lowry. By the end of the year, he's probably going to have played with pretty much everybody. Um, but you're right. I mean, I like Jansen Harkins on that line because I think he brings the speed element. And Dave Lowry, he, he doesn't bring Nikolai Ehlers' speed, but he's a guy who's always kind of you know, in, in, in first gear. And so I think with, with Jansen Harkins, he brings that energy and Evgeny Svechnikov, we've seen it. Like there's elements of his game that can be real big, real heavy. And of course there's some skill, there's some finish. He's got a good shot. Um, so combined with, with Adam Lowry, to me, that has the potential to be a real interesting, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I'd call them a pure shutdown line, um, but I think there's enough there on that line that you could still trust those guys if if they got caught out there against the other team's best. You wouldn't absolutely panic. And not only that they wouldn't just spend the whole time kind of defending in their own end, but there's enough there that they could take play down the other end 
maybe, you know, cycle the puck, get some chances of their own, and even cash in occasionally. So, yeah, I mean, for a guy like Svechnikov, um, who's, you know, like you said, kind of been up and down a little bit this year, he's still a very young player, still kind of finding his way. Um, this is another opportunity, albeit in a slightly different role, to kind of show what he's capable of. Like McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Busy week. Jets tonight, Vegas, Boston on Friday. One more game on Sunday on the road in Chicago. And then Monday is deadline day. Fill us in on what you and your colleagues will have for Jets fans in the free press leading into the deadline and over the course of this week, Mike. Yeah, it'll be nice to, this will be the first time in, I guess, three deadline days that we can actually park ourselves down at the rink and have an avail with Kevin Day off uh, in person. And that'll be interesting to not only get, see what he does, but maybe get a real sense of, of where this team is headed. So we'll have some previews and some predictions uh, coming up all leading into Monday, of course, as to what the Jets might do and what the latest rumblings and rumors are. I've got a couple days off coming off uh, up after today. Just got back late last night, of course, from the uh, latest roadie. I'll be covering the game tonight along with Jason Bell and then uh, enjoying a couple days of, of R&R, huh? So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, should be an interesting week around these parts for sure. Hey, quick hitter on the way out, just regarding the trade uh, market. <clears throat> what was your reaction to what Colorado paid for uh, Josh Manson? And does that give you any inkling as to uh, what we might see going forward? Or is there fewer buyers this year because of the cap and because of the way the playoffs are right now? And that might um, you know depress the market a little bit. Yeah, interesting. And I don't know if you saw us while we've been talking. Colorado also just sent Tyson Jost to Minnesota, a rare divisional trade. They uh, they got Nico Sturm back from the wild, but the the Avalanche and the wild, normally you don't see n- not two central division teams that are both going to the playoffs hook up on a trade. There's a lot of thinking that that's a bit of a cash dump for the Avalanche to maybe make room for something else. And I will tell you this, the Avalanche have been one of the teams that have been watching the Jets very closely. I believe the Avalanche have had their eye on Andrew Kopp, a guy that we've been speaking about. I think there's a few teams. The Rangers are another one that have been watching the Jets a lot lately. So have the Oilers. Um, and I, I suspect Andrew Kopp is, uh, is, is a guy they've been paying close attention to. But yeah, the defense market, I mean, look, it's not. And that's why going back to what you asked about earlier with the Jets, Maybe the price goes up because there's not a ton. You know, in the case of Manson, he's a he's a pending UFA. I don't think he's been playing all that great this year. They still got a, a second rounder for him. You wonder what the prices are going to be, especially as des- desperation comes up on Monday, especially among blue liners, because as the old saying goes, Haas, for teams that expect, and the Avalanche certainly do, to make a long playoff run, um, <clears throat> you can never have enough. NHL caliber defenseman and the Jets may have what other teams covet and so maybe they will be able to turn that into something um, uh, we'll have to see stay tuned it's going to be an interesting week Mike thanks so much for the time enjoy the game tonight we'll look forward to uh, your write up tomorrow in the free <clears throat> you bet Hus. I didn't get any texts from any of your exes by the way during this chat so <laughs> thank god yeah <laughs> see you later Val take care All right, there's Mike McIntyre, at Mike McIntyre, WPG on Twitter. And, of course, uh, he'll have the full report on tonight's Jets-Knights game.
in tomorrow's edition of the Winnipeg Free Press. We're going to hear from Dave Lowry in just a second with his update from today after the morning skate. Um, do you want to give a big cheers to our friends over at Not Auto Corp? Of course, Not Auto Corp been with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk since day one, and they've been getting Winnipeggers into phenomenal vehicles at great prices for 15 years. Um, Trevor and the gang are waiting for you down at Not Auto Corp, so why not get into the car of your dreams at an amazing price with the help of the Not team? Check out all the amazing vehicles on the lot or talk to an expert at Not about sourcing the make and model that you're looking for, getting it to Winnipeg at the best possible price and getting you into it for the summer. Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online over at Not.ca. Maybe a couple little brown jugs tonight for Jets fans. Should be a nice atmosphere, of course, into the, uh, I guess I was just noticing in the chat, of course, yeah, today, masks no longer mandatory downtown. You will certainly have to have the Vax card. Um, but maybe before the game, pop by little brown jug just down the street from the arena on William Avenue. Great, sp great spot for a couple of pregame pints. While you're there, you can uh, get all those great beers to take home. And if you're not able to make it by William Avenue, you can always order online at littlebrownjug.ca as Little Brown Jug delivers citywide Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Little Brown Jug on William Avenue and online at littlebrownjug.ca. And with it being a game night downtown, always a great spot before and after is our friends at Boston Pizza right next door to the arena, Boston Pizza City Place. Pop in for a pregame meal or a post-game pint. And if you're not going to the game, you can gather with friends at any of your local Boston pizza restaurants. Get in on the Jets Pick a Player contest or deliver the, or enjoy those amazing Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, ice-cold schooners at more. And you can always order their game day deals online at bostonpizza.com. All right, we do want to get to the cool bet lines. We'll touch on some of the other news around, including that late-breaking trade, Sturm for Jost between the Wild and the Avalanche, NFL news and notes, as well as what's happening in the Major League Baseball offseason as it's all happening at the same time. But let's stay with the Jets and Vegas Golden Knights for a few more minutes and hear from Jets interim head coach Dave Lowry heading into tonight's game against Vegas. Being evaluated this morning, so he'll be a game time decision. So he's still an option for tonight? He is an option, yeah. Have they ruled out a concussion then? They have not uh, given me uh, a proper uh, evaluation, so that, like I said, he's being evaluated today. And then uh, we'll make a decision on him this afternoon. Dave, with Andrew and what he does for the hockey club, how many? How deep do you have to go into the alphabet? for plan B, C, D, and E, you know, for uh, replacing him for the different things that he does? Well, he's on uh, both special teams, and he plays uh, big minutes five on five. Uh, it's going to be no different than when he was out last time. Uh, I've always said injuries provide opportunity, and it's uh, we've got to continue with that next man up mentality. Who are some of the guys that factor into that opportunity phase then? Well, we'll go back probably to using four killers instead of rolling five through. Uh, power play, uh, Schmidt will probably go back on a unit. And uh, you know, the one unit will stay the same. And then the lines will be what we ran here this morning. What do you like about the, the Connor Ehlers with Dubois pairing? In, in the past, I guess defense has been one of maybe the concerns about that line. What do you like about it now that, that works for it? 
I like the uh, speed component with them. Uh, I like uh, Doobie carrying the puck through the neutral zone, using his size. Uh, two players that uh, are very gifted offensively, that uh, are very creative. Uh, I believe they complement each other, and, and they're quick. What do you need to see from Jansen Harkins if he is used in that role with that line today? Where he is today? What am I looking for? I'm looking for him to play in straight lines, play simple. And uh, I, I think you just go back to the game in St. Louis and you look at the line that was on the ice in the last minute, and he was one of the guys. If he's playing responsible, he's managing the, the puck, and, and uh, we deem it playing the right way, playing in straight lines, then he's a very gifted player that uh, you know his speed, once again, will complement uh, that line. Dave Svechnikov is plays with a lot of emotion, and he's, we can see that he's a fun guy. Like people like to be around, and we've seen him mic'd up. How animated he is! When he's on the ice, how do you, how do you make sure that he's not going overboard and taking some of those penalties? And you have to kind of rein him in a little bit. There's a long way for me when he's on the ice to, uh, to rein him in. I think he has an understanding, and, and you know what? The, the best part about Svech is he's got some emotion, and he cares. And uh, you know, sometimes he gets the best of him. Um, obviously, taking a 10 takes him out of the flow of the game. It was in the first period. We go through an intermission. He's out partway through the second period. He hasn't been on the ice for a while. So we talked to him after the second period and just said, hey, get ready to go. You're going to play. And the reason why I didn't play in the second was that uh, you know we had a rotation going, and, and it was working. And I didn't want to get out of it. So he had a, he had a good understanding. and. You know, he came up, came out, and he gave us a real good third period. Dave, what's the process like? You know, best line has the turnover. Is it something you just show him on video, or do you have to talk to him about it, or what's that process like between player and coach when something like that happens, and, and you want him to come back and be strong the next game and the next shifts and those sorts of things? Well, we have to move forward from that, right? And and the big thing is, is with young players, they have to understand that uh, there's part of part of it is managing the game. And you know, I give Nikki a lot of credit because Nikki came up to me after the game and just said, you know that. He was responsible for that, that play. And reality is, is as a coach with 30 seconds left in a period and you have it at the red line, if you don't have a play, let's put it in and let's try and get out of the period. And, you know, he tried to make one more play. Well, he put Vess in a tough spot. And, you know, in the National Hockey League, we always believe if you have the puck on your stick, you have to be and you have to be responsible for the next play. But that's not really why Vess didn't get a lot of ice time at the end. It was just, once again, we lost Copper. We got into a three-line rotation. We had scored a couple goals, and we weren't going to change. And that's, you know, no one's talking about uh, Tony coming out either, right? Tony didn't uh, play very much either. So it was the fact that we were down a guy. We went into a three-line rotation, and we liked the result that we were getting. Dave, how much communication do you have with a guy like Adam Brooks where he goes from playing 14 minutes, which might have been a little bit more than what he could handle in that Calgary game to – you know, slowly but surely seeing his ice time go down and now a healthy scratch for a half dozen games. Uh, what does he hear from you or, or does he just have to make that uh, uh, reaction or response on his own as a, as a pro? Well, we have communication and he has a very good understanding. But let's, let's clarify one thing. Brooksy playing in Calgary, I overplayed him. He was coming back. He hadn't played in a, in, in a while. And I, I liked his game. And he had come to me through through the trainer and just said, you know, he was he was playing too much. He was starting to struggle. But I wanted to push him through for a couple more shifts. 
just you know to get him out of his comfort zone and he came out and we started getting bodies back so obviously guys got slotted into different spots and when we were healthy he was he was the extra guy and I give him a lot of credit he's worked extremely hard he's got himself back up to uh, a level of conditioning that he's comfortable with and uh, he's once again he's a, he's a skilled player he's a dynamic player and we'll put him in a position where he can't have success so is he just kind of a, one of those guys where he's just got to be the, the ready for that next man up type of opportunity then absolutely he's no different than anybody else that uh, comes in the lineup when you get an opportunity just make sure you're ready just make sure you take advantage of it what sort of opportunity did exist for your club in this next two games against Vegas over the next week just given where everything is in in the standings. Well, these are huge, and like I've, I've said, and we put ourselves in this position, and we're the only ones that uh, that can get ourselves out of it. Um, th- this is one of the teams that uh, we're chasing that we get an opportunity to play, and and for us, we know the uh, the value of the points tonight, and and how important the game is. All right, there is Dave Lowry. I was that pretty extended um, pregame presser, much longer than we've seen uh, earlier during uh, Dave, Lenry's, uh, Dave Lowry's tenure as uh, interim head coach. And uh, some real interesting topics there. Good questions by the media, and I think good quest- good answers by uh, by the head coach. Huge game tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop, downtown Candle Life Center, Jets, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, hey, a big thank you to our friends over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group for uh, being on board with us from day one here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, Nick and Nikki have four DQ locations that uh, you can pop by and enjoy those amazing new grill burgers as well as the limited edition Red Velvet Cheesecake Blizzard and all your DQ favorites. They're at DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And uh, for those of you in St. Battelle that are sticking at home for the game tonight, why don't you jump on uh, Uber Eats or skip the dishes, save the trip, and get it delivered to your door. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you would like to get a custom cake order or just call any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. Now, Friday afternoon will be our next marble race along with our friends at Canadian Club. The jersey or the uh, hoodie shipment came in. So for a couple of you that were waiting to pick up your hoodies for sizes that we didn't have, they are in right now. You can fire me an email. We'll get you set to pick those up. Of course, we'll be looking forward to picking up the new Canadian Club and Ginger Ale ready-to-drink mixed cocktail at our local liquor marts and beer stores coming up very soon around the end of the month. In the meantime, pop by your Manitoba Liquor Marts for sale prices on Canadian Club Original and Canadian Club 12-Year Reserve. And next month, when you pop in and pick up Canadian Club, you get a free can of the RTD CC and Ginger to try in advance of summer. Big thanks to Canadian Club for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we'll get to the cool bet lines in just a second. Our friends at Cool Bet. New episode of the Lock Shop dropped earlier today. If you're listening on the podcast, search Lock Shop wherever you get your pods and make sure to join Dustin Nielsen and myself a couple times a week for some sports betting talk. But I want to bring Michael Remus back in first and a couple of other things we wanted to get to. But uh, Remus, what do you think about the Jungle Dave there? I thought that was one of his best and most enlightening media conferences outside of uh, a lack of information on Andrew Kopp, which presumably we'll have more details on tomorrow being evaluated. We'll wait and see 
what happens. I don't know how much uh, games gamesmanship is in there. Um, definitely interesting. You know, I liked uh, you know question about Veselainen and Lowry. Quick, quick to add. Hey, no one's talking about Tony Nato, who also didn't play. Come on, you guys. You guys got to be looking at these box scores. So I, I thought he gave some insight on yeah, Ehlers. Tominato didn't happen to turn the puck over that ended yeah. up in the back of their net in the final minute of the second period to hey. give St. Louis a 2-1 lead. Hey, hey, hey. I, I still maintain, like, I don't think that, I mean, the turnover, I, you know, good for Nikolai Ehlers saying, hey, you know what, I put him in a, in a bad spot. I mean, the checker was right there. It like half a second to make a decision. I still maintain Veseline's getting benched because he's got three points in 51 games. Obviously not a great play there, but I don't think it was like the, the worst and Again, what do, what do I know though? I'm sitting here in my basement talking on YouTube about, about <laughs> hockey, so maybe I'm not I'm not an NHL coach, but but uh, I think the results speak for himself uh, for Christian Veselin this year. And you know, it seems like a guy has who always has you see always got a chance there, a chance there. They just never go in the back of the net. Kind of reminds me of uh, James Wright, who always thought had a ton of chances. Yeah, here I love the fact when you dropped in a text message early. This is the new James Wright. <laughs> Tons like, of chances, I got although not really many chances. Like that's the thing. James Wright was so frustrating because somehow it seemed like the guy was getting a breakaway every second game. I mean, he was in and around the puck. He had a million chances. Nothing was going in. That hasn't happened as much for Veselainen. Although, and I'll use, I mean, this is a common theme when we've talked, you know, in sort of a negative light on some guys that maybe weren't pulling their weight. Um, you want to change the narrative? Go out and make something happen. Make the most of your opportunity. And when you look at these lines right now, you know, with Harkins and with Svetch playing with Adam Lowry, Adam Brooks into the lineup with Toninato. I'm not sure how much the fourth line plays tonight, but I'll tell you what, if Christian Veselainen in particular could make some sort of an impact tonight, um, that would go a long way to changing the narrative because I'll be honest, I mean, I've been one, I was expecting in the last 36 hours to see that David Gustafson did not make the trip to Abbotsford with the Moose where they'll play tonight. And, um, you know, was in the in the jet lineup ahead of guys like that. So it hasn't happened yet. You're only going to get so many opportunities. It's time to make something happen on that. And um, no better time like the present because, um, you know, and we've talked a lot about how depleted Vegas is. Um, you know, the Jets are missing some key guys right now, which means those guys are in the lineup. And um, you can't guarantee uh, playing time or opportunity going forward. It's about making things happen tonight. If you want to change the narrative around you. And I think Veselina would love nothing more to do exactly that. Yeah. And he's going to be on the fourth line with Adam Brooks and Dominic Toninato. I mean, Toninato last game, uh, thanks to running man, putting this in, in chat, uh, we got four and a half minutes. And I don't think those guys are going to get a ton of time. You think that I think they're going to ride the top two sprinkle in line three and go against a Vegas team that's missing. I don't know. The chat didn't have a lot of sympathy for the oh Golden Knights when Gary cracking. came on. Were I was you, loving it. I was loving it. it? Gary's how, like, many, how many small violins were dropped into it? And I did mention that to him as well. Yeah, Gary, no kidding. Nobody feels sorry for Vegas. Give someone, me a break. Someone wrote, uh, you know, Vegas would be 82-0 and 0 if it weren't for injuries. And I think pretty sure Gary said something close, close to that. But I think in all seriousness, they are dealing with injuries. You're missing Mark Stone. You're missing Max Pacioretty. You're missing Riley Smith. Um, you know, there's a couple, you know, they've had guys in and out of the line, you know, so I think it is tough sling when you're missing an entire line. And we saw the Jets deal with that a couple of weeks ago when they were missing cop healers Perfetti, although Perfetti's, you know, a rookie, not a, you know, your, well, your captain and Mark Stone. So a uh, tough goal here, basically a laner as well. So we'll see the Brossois versus Hellebuck. I'd like to see, will this be the game? 
where Connor Hellebuck doesn't give up three goals. Can they hold Vegas to under three? Because if they can, I think they can they can win. But that's been a challenge for them, you know, the last couple of weeks here, um, especially for Connor Hellebuck, allowing three or more goals. Yeah, just to remind people, if they haven't been paying attention to this road trip for Vegas, they are 0-4. And I mean, they, they started off losing in regulation to the Flyers. Not very many teams have done that recently, although both teams playing tonight have done it. Um, they lost at the Buffalo Sabres, who were playing better. They lost 5-2 to the uh, Penguins, and then, uh, you know, gave up six in their last game against Line A and the Blue Jackets. So they're looking to salvage something out of this trip. And as we mentioned, they're in quite a precarious situation right now, not having picked up any points in their last four games. Um, we will get to some NFL and Major League Baseball news and notes in just a second. But let's get to these cool bet lines because it is a busy, busy night in the National Hockey League. We started off with the Coyotes, who played in Ottawa last night, taking on the Habs. Habs a minus 175 favorite against the team on the back-to-back. No Ben Sherratt tonight. He's being held out as uh, an asset management decision, not wanting to risk him getting hurt as the Canadians are planning to move him uh, before the deadline. The Rangers at home to the Anaheim Ducks. Rangers a minus 204 favorite. And the game that everyone will be paying attention to around these parts in the out-of-town scoreboard, the Dallas Stars and Toronto Maple Leafs. No Austin Matthews for the Leafs. And uh, much to the delight of Leaf fans, no Peter Mrazek as well. Um, Dallas a minus a plus 120 underdog. The Leafs minus 141. And Remo, who is the guy that was starting again for the Leafs? I'd never heard of him before you mentioned his name. Yes, um, I, apparently I was pronouncing it wrong. It's um, Shalgren, I believe, but never, I'm not familiar with the guy, but they're still heavy favorite. Dom's got them in his model. So if you want to look look for him, and Tavares is moving up to the top line with Marner and Bunting, while Austin Matthews is serving his well-deserved two-game suspension for cross-checking. Yeah, I, was, I was just Rasmus hoping Stalin. that maybe, I was really hoping that the Leafs would uh, uh, appeal and uh, it would take a couple days and he could at least play against Dallas and then miss the Carolina game and whatever's game after that. But it's not happening. No Matthews tonight. Uh, but Jet fans are Leaf fans tonight because uh, definitely need Dallas uh, to lose a few more in regulation. Islanders at Caps. Caps minus 159 faves. Very close game. Pittsburgh and the Predators. Um, this is about as close to a pick as we're going to get on the card tonight. Pittsburgh minus 111. Preds minus 106 at home. Uh, and then the game we'll be watching tonight at Canada Life Center. Jets minus 125 favorites over the struggling Knights. Vegas, a plus money 106 underdog on the road. Um, Bruins are in Chicago. They just beat Chicago 4-3 a couple games ago. They'll look to do it again tonight. Bruins minus 182 on the money line. The Oilers hosting Detroit. Uh, one of the biggest favorites tonight, minus 250 against the Red Wings and the Vancouver Canucks at home to the New Jersey Devils. This should be a playoff-type game for the Canucks, considering their predicament. Got to get a win. Minus 143 favorites over the Devils. The Avalanche, minus 217 favorites against the LA Kings, who are back at home after that long road trip. And the Florida Panthers, minus 256 against the San Jose Sharks, who are a big home underdog at plus 215. All the NHL season bets are up as well tonight until... The puck drops. So if you want to make a wager on the Hart Trophy or the Stanley Cup or uh, the Calder or the Vesna, they're all there for you at Cool Bet. And don't forget, if you haven't already, 
played over at CoolBet, new users will get a 100% bonus on their first deposit up to $200 by using the promo code WST. Couple other things to note after the late start or the late finish of the players. Took us a little while to get odds for the Valspar Championship this weekend, but they are up. Hit that on the lock shop as well today. Uh, Victor Hovland, 11 to 1. JT, 12 to 1. Morikawa, 13 to 1. And Dustin Johnson, 16 to 1, are your favorites. Adam Hadwin, a former winner of the tournament, 64 to 1. He was top 10 at the players. Might be putting a little sprinkle on that. Again, Cool Bet's got the odds for tonight's action in the NHL, NBA, much more. And March Madness as well. Now, we'll be following it. I'm far from any sort of an expert. Haven't watched any college hoops, but March Madness, you got to have a bracket. And Remus, let's quickly plug the mm -hmm. bracket. Um, we should let people know a number of uh, number of you were with us last year. If you were in it, we have reactivated the group. Um, but what do people need to know about getting in our free March Madness bracket? And I will work on uh, a nice prize from our sponsors for whoever takes it down. I just put it in the chat. Join there. I tweeted it out as well. Um, Twitter.com slash sports talk WPG. Um, here, I, I can just show you. I will click on the link. I don't want people actually. I don't want people to see my picks. I it, I just auto filled it so I could join. But uh, we have the bracket. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk on ESPN Tournament Challenge. But also, you know, we're tweeting out the link. I'll put it on our our Facebook page. And I guess you have until what Thursday at is it at eleven ten? I remember. So we have a couple people in there. Not so many, but if you were in last year, you should be able to rejoin it. So this is so you get one one bracket and you know try to fill it out. Either that, click the link, get in there, make some rando picks, and uh, we'll be able to follow it you, along and for the next month here on WST. Actually, even if you don't know anything, you can have ESPN auto-fill it, and you can fill, like, chalk picks, which is the favorites, or it can fill you a random, like, coin, they'll just basically flip a coin, they can fill according to their projections, so, you know, I don't, I've won these, I don't ever watch college football games, you know, you just gotta... Do a couple of clicks here, there, and you know it's fun to watch when the, all the games are on. And uh, I am, I'm kind of fired up here. Been an hour since we've had Gary on the program, and we're still getting wig blast, Huss wedding blast. Mm -hmm. I see Huss's mom is in asking, saying that well, she has Gary's wig ready. Uh, Kenny's water bottle asking for the cool bet lines for Huss getting married over the weekend. That would be plus a million. I think I'd need to work a little bit quicker to to, to make that happen. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. I had people in chat requesting for me to put a wig on Gary's picture. Did you see? I had it up for like two seconds, and I then I took it. it. I it felt kind of bad. Phenomenal. It was, it was actually pretty good, but I mean, he was the one who brought up uh, the hair. I thought a hair system was just a fancy term for a wig. Is it not? Well, the thing is, if you go to a, one of these like replacement places, like they do mm. a an operation on you. And apparently it like hurts like hell for a while, but then you basically have air. Like it's not a wig. Like it's like implanted into your skull. Whereas Gary's Gary always said, he goes, listen, I don't need to do anything on the reg, but just, you know, three or four times a year yeah. for special occasions, I'd like to have like a, you know, a wig, a full different look to go out for, um, you know, for weddings or, you know, whatever else the big occasion was. So I've always thought that was a great idea. And um, he's never been able to pass it by the boss in the lawless house, unfortunately, right now. Um, so 
Anyways, we're going to have to live with it, but uh, a hilarious visit from Gary before this game. I'd like to see Gary rock a wig for special occasions. I agree, get a nice fancy one. I think it would be nice. I don't know. I'm curious what he would look like. Uh, <laughs> yes, hair implants. That's exactly what we're uh, exactly what we're talking about. And who knows? I mean, considering the demographic that we have on this program, which is skewing male and skewing into that you know adult male age where you know often guys start losing their hair um you know we could have a hair talk segment on this program i'm sure there's probably a few of you that would have some tips some advice and uh who knows i think i might be in the market for that sometime soon god knows i need to go see jeremy over at hunter and gun and get a haircut very soon we are getting miller time keeps asking in chat you think jack eichel's gonna get some heat tonight from the crowd they're gonna, uh, boo, they're gonna yeah, boo him. Yeah, they'll give him the gears. I'm not sure there'll be an actual chant. I mean, it's so different now around the rink than it was kind of in the early days. And now who knows? Maybe that will hopefully change for the better going forward. One other thing, I mean, we touched on this yesterday, but um interesting um, you know, to hear, and we kind of went through the the letter from Mark Chipman to Jets fans yesterday about um you know, going forward, you know, how things were changing with season tickets. Um, you know, it was one-year deals now. I mean, you didn't have to commit to multiple years, uh, deposits being refunded, that sort of thing. Uh, and I think that was music to the ears of many people. I mean, no one wants to see, um, you know, the season ticket base evaporate. No one wants to see this team being, you know, challenged financially. And, you know, the team's been supported greatly over the course of the first 10 years. And I think everyone hopes that that will continue. But I think we all know that there's going to be some work to be done um, from True North, whether it comes to getting season ticket holders back that gave up their tickets to selling new ones. It's a bit of a different world right now, compounded by the pandemic. But I do think this was going to happen one way or the other. This, by the way, costs have increased. And hey, listen, it's an expensive league to be in. And you want to have a contending team that's spending to the cap? It is expensive. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, we'll stay on top of that. And uh yeah, I'll be renewing my seats, but I certainly hope that there will be a few changes that uh, will make things better for the valued people that are uh, carrying the freight for the hockey club. Ac actually, I saw that they were having a season ticket, what, members advisory council. I was wondering if you were running for president of that. We didn't touch on that yesterday. Has anyone nominated you to be the leader of the season ticket holders? Well, I did get something I told you beforehand. Um about something that was going on and unfortunately I had a meeting that extended into the time when this event was happening before we were on the show yesterday um but obviously i mean i got the information and uh i will certainly be happy to provide some feedback to uh mm. to folks and uh you know it's so easy to focus in on twitter or chat rooms i'm not slagging everyone in our chat because our chat's pretty cool but you often hear the people that are the loudest or the most negative on basically everything. So I'm not too sure how to feel about, you know, what you read on social media about that stuff and who really has tickets, who says they don't and don't. But bottom line is, I just know there's more empty seats right now. The costs have gone up. I think that they definitely have their work cut out for them to, um, you know, maybe do more of the things that many other organizations have done to reward the season ticket holders that frankly weren't there in, um, you know, for the first, for the last few years. Um, so, I mean, there's the job for you. I mean, I know they're hiring some people that are going to be going out doing frankly what I did, getting my start in the business. And that was hustling season tickets and trying to get people in. And hopefully they have some people that are passionate about the jets that will be able to do a great job on that. And, you know, uh, help fill the building going forward because without butts in the seats, um, 
you know, you wonder what the future is for this club. We're not talking about leaving or anything like that, but, um, you know, big picture, that's obviously a reality. It happened once here in Winnipeg, and uh, I think uh, I my view of that, I hope that that never happens again is shared by pretty much everybody. And uh, you know what? They got some work to do. We'll see what happens going forward, and we'll let you know more about it here on uh, yeah. on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hey, before we go, I know we've basically been all hockey, all Jets, all show today, Remo, but um, some big news today continues to happen in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers' uh, deal is official. It includes $150 million over the first three years, pretty much putting them right there with Patrick Mahomes, the highest paid quarterback in the game. Uh, Randy Gregory, how about this? Had a, basically, Radom Schefter reported he'd agreed to a deal with the Dallas Cowboys, the team that drafted him at 13 mil a year. Um, he flipped on Dallas and flipped on Shefty and has basically taken the same deal with the Denver Broncos. And uh, Russell Gage, a popular DraftKings pick when it came to some depth-wide receivers for the Falcons, is going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sources tell ESPN. And I have a feeling that wasn't going to happen if a certain veteran quarterback didn't announce that he was coming back to the game on Sunday. Yeah, I, that, and we did mention that, how much it would affect, um, it would affect you know, their ability to sign free agents. Brady coming back. Uh, they did announce what they officially came out with the Aaron Rodgers extension as well. Um, there's also been, you know, you're seeing a lot of trades here. You know, the trade uh, trade deadline in hockey is quiet, but we're seeing a lot in baseball. My Seattle Mariners acquired um, a couple of uh, guys from Cincinnati, Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winkler. Uh, but also, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, so the so the Braves. You know, they were negotiating with Freddie Freeman and they said, no, 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 Freddie, we're done with you. Traded for Matt Olson, signed him to a long-term deal. But after the show yesterday, yeah, Carlos Baerga dropped on Instagram that he thinks Freddie Freeman is going to sign with the Jays. So I think that's something, uh, something to watch out for. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but. um, Well, that's been the entire talk. I mean, my entire timeline of people that are tied in with the Jays and, you know, listen, I've always been a Royals fan. I mean, you know, they win the world series once every 30 years and suck for the other 29 years. Um, So I'm sort of all in on the Jays, such an exciting young team that I think a lot of people have hope that, um, you know, can do some special things this year. Um, But here's the thing about Freeman and the Yankees apparently in on him. The Red Sox now are in on him. I'm not sure whether these are, division rivals just trying to crank the price up for the Yankees, which is certainly possible. But Freddie Freeman's parents are both Canadian. Uh, Mm -hmm. One, I believe, is from Peterborough. One, I believe, is from Windsor. And he represented Canada at the World Baseball Classic. And you look at that lineup with Vlad and with Bo Bichette, uh, with Alec Manoa, Springer. I mean, it's an exciting young lineup that is going up right now. So, I mean, if I'm a free agent and looking at spots, if the money's right, particularly with the Canadian background, I mean, what a great connection that would be with Freddie Freeman going forward. So maybe we'll have some details on that over the next couple of days. Jays are at spring training right now, but um, all eyes are on Freeman now that he is officially gone from Atlanta with that eight year deal for Olsen after they picked him up for the A's yesterday. Yeah, and they didn't even tell Olsen, they were, or not Olsen, Freeman, they were moving on. They kind of just said, all right, you're kind of farting around here, Freddie Freeman. You've been the face of the franchise here, you know, one of the best hitters in the league. Um, you know, he's been with them for like over 10 years, and they just snapped, moved on, traded a big prospect for Matt Olsen, who's coming off a, a career year. So 
Um, one uh, one other Jay's note uh, mm-hmm. before we go. Um, John Heyman, MLB Network Insider, reporting that uh, Kyle Schwarber is uh, getting a big push from the Jays for Schwarber. Um, you know, he's more so a DH, can play in the outfield, would immediately become a fan favorite in Toronto. The guy can certainly hit bombs. Um, and, you know, now we're seeing, you know, with the NL adding the DH, the market for the Schwarbers, I think, has mm-hmm. even gotten higher because of the importance of now, you know, another dozen or whatever, 16 positions in the National League, or 15 in the National League there for those spots. So we'll see what that price is. But uh, Rocky's showing interest in him as well. It'd uh, be quite interesting to see, though, if the uh, Blue Jays could make that happen. Um, that being said, throughout the week, we'll stay on top of the NFL and Major League Baseball notes, but a lot of hockey right now. Uh, ice on the ice tonight. Good luck to them. Moose playing tonight as well on the road in Abbotsford, but it's all eyes at 7 o'clock as the Vegas Golden Knights are back. Four points up on the Winnipeg Jets in this playoff race, and uh, every point crucial. Yeah, I agree. A couple other notes. Uh, it's your boy Bruce wants to give a shout out to Layla Annie Fernandez, who won at Indian Wells. Oh, She's in the round I of 16. I stayed up to watch it last night. It mm-hmm. was great. That was my, uh, I did make a little cool bet wager on Layla to make sure that I stayed up for the entire match. Man, she is so fun to watch. I lost the second set, battled back in the third, and uh, was a uh, was a heck of a game. She's now, as you mentioned, Remo, into the 16s at uh, one of the best tournaments outside the majors, for my money, the uh, event down in Indian Wells. Yeah, and we all remember Bianca Andreescu uh, winning there a couple years ago. It would be pretty cool if another, another Canadian won. I did, we were talking about this at the end of the last show, but I did want to give a, a shout-out to mention, uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall, legendary wrestler known as Razor Ramon, passing away. Saw it all over my, my timeline. Oh, yeah. These... Um, I don't know, the last couple months or the last year of celebrity deaths really getting to me. Um, you know, loved him growing up as a, as a wrestler and, uh, you know, always texting my friends, Chico, the bad guy, oozing, hey, yo. oozing machismo. <clears throat> um, so a lot of good kind of, but I mean, Norm MacDonald, Bob Saget or some recent ones. Just uh, It's been tough for a celebrity death the last, the last bit. So, um I mean, that's all I got on, on Scott Hall there. Yeah, there was definitely some nice tributes to uh, Scott Hall last night on Monday Night Raw, that's for sure. And um, yeah, if you're of our vintage, he was certainly a guy. And and I think pretty much uniformly agreed as the best and most important wrestler ever to not hold a world heavyweight title, which was interesting. I was sort of surprised to hear that. Anyways, folks, we'll get to more of this tomorrow. Um, we are going to have... Is JP coming on tomorrow, Reem? JP is good for tomorrow. He is yes. in. All right. Love in. talking JP with JP VJ. We'll get into some X's and O's on what's going on with the Jets with JP. We'll also welcome in Murata Tesh. We'll have the latest news in the rest of the world of sports, but uh, more on tonight's game. Hopefully a W and some excited people in the chat room tomorrow and a couple days before the Boston Bruins come to town on Friday night. Big thanks to my guy, Gary Lawless. That was a heck of a lot of fun. If you joined us later, make sure to go back and listen to that interview again, especially the nonsense at the end. And our friend, Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Okay, we just got a message here um, from, hold on, hold on, I got to save this, from uh, Brad Anderson, who says he's been listening to the show or loves the show, been listening for a long time. Hold on, I got to pull it up. My bad. But he's, sorry, I'm laughing. I'm laughing too hard. Uh, I, sc- I screwed this up. 
Okay, never mind. Never. Well, I've already said it. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already said enough. Okay, one sec. What a tease. What I'm a trying tease. To, I'm trying to save. I'm in a different browser. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to bring up one thing on one browser. Okay, this is what a tease. You get that thing up. I will thank all of our sponsors. Okay. Uh, who, of course, make this show happen each and every day, including our friends over at F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, Mike Popeye and see the gang at BP tonight before the game, Nick and Nikki DQ, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. <laughs> what a way to finish the program today with a uh, viewer message that uh, I'm quite excited to hear as well as i'm sure everyone okay. in the chat this is a picture that uh let me just proper credit here that brad edited going back to an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> yes for those of you on podcast uh, this is gary with a nice uh head of hair he looks That's pretty good beautiful he, beautiful lid he looks really good there um it's kind of like Brandon Ruicki-esque almost. Yeah, you know, with a little silver touch in there, but um, it looks wonderful. You know, I, I don't think we can show this to him because he'll, this will reinvigorate his quest to um, get the green light on a wig like this. And, you know, maybe it could be taken all the way to the highest ranks of the Lawless household. Anyways, fun show today, everyone. Um, I'll be at the game tonight. Pop by and say hi if you see me. Otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m., along with my guy, Michael Remus, with another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Enjoy tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.